Support for the Laser Time Network is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, so join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Better yet, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME, one word, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with your code LASERTIME. Manscaped, your balls will thank you. Everybody and welcome to episode 414. That's 414 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host Michael Raparez, and I too frequently wake up next to campfires, having lost all of my spirits. Coming to you from the Matt Madursky Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want to get in on this, it's Patreon.com/slash Laser Time at the twenty dollar level. Who's with me? Bubble bobble like Chris Antista. Bubble bobble like four one four Matthew Allen. And special guest... Addicted to Monster Hunter Rise, Lake Johnson. Oh, yes. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's going to be a a fun show. We've got Oddworld Soulstorm, a a smattering of new games to talk about, and... Yeah, a a smattering of foolish games who had the gall to come out when a Monster Hunter game was still going. (laughs) How (laughs) dare they? I've reached the end of this... Well, you've got got Soulstorm, Michael, because you have a PS5. That's true. Because we'll talk about it probably when that comes up. It's it's the PlayStation Plus version, PS5 only. So if you have a PS4, Sony says... Yeah, sorry. What? I don't, I'm totally don't understand. We'll get into that later, I guess. Yeah, so, yes. I want to say it's because Oddworld Soulstorm has come out that we came up with this idea, but no, it's a complete coincidence. We thought it might be fun to talk about Souls-likes, by which I specifically mean games that are like Dark Souls, but not made by From Software. And I'm not saying like, oh, it's like Dark Souls. It's so hard. I mean, like, no, they, they actually crib their structure from Dark Souls with the the bonfires or equivalent, you've got the save points that regenerate enemies yeah. when you rest. Long branching open worlds. Um, yeah, more often than not, you lose all your shit when you die. Hey, 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 Perry like system, Perry. See, no one gets that home movies reference. Perry. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yes, the weirdo friends. Perry, yeah, yes, I love two that. Perrys. Uh, Perry. Two Perrys. Perry system. Perry, Perry uh, system. I'm parrying at you. Perry back at me, and then I'll parry you. Perry. I mean, Perry, you did reference a joke we made off the air before we started recording, Perry. I don't know. <laughs> Brendan. 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 Tell your friends to Nobody shut up. Nobody understands this. Uh, <laughs> everyone understands this. Home movies are the best show ever. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Oh, and, we're t- and, and I wanted to talk about, I got, I love a reversing course on a game. I got Outriders via Game Pass, which. Oh, um, yeah. And, and it, I, we, we watched you go through a metamorphosis today. Yeah. You were saying it's like, this is the worst shit ever. Wait a second! I'm seeing all these guys that are saying I'm playing it wrong. Oh, now it's great. No, that's and that's. I, that's I've heard that it's so. This is wide spectrum. Everybody hates it. It's, it's like it. just. You, you might say Chris was altered, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> but good. Uh, the the, <laughs> the weird thing of 2021, we're just like 
I won't read a review. I won't read a preview. But I will read someone's article who tells me I'm wrong. And, yeah. and so I, yeah. I just Googled it. Um, like I told, I remember telling you guys, this fucking sucks. Everything it tells you to do sucks. It, its controls suck, and its character sucks. Some of that is still true. But <laughs> but when, once I read these articles, like, oh, it's like a red herring that they do this to you, almost like a Souls. Like, uh, there's no reason to learn almost anything you learn in the tutorial. Because yeah, if we'll you talk use about it, you'll that fucking new releases. die. That tut- yes, yes. And, and, there's, and there's a lot. It's a total mm. waste of time. And it's, it doesn't, I, I think the game a disservice. And more so that I'm seeing articles that are like, review, 8 out of 10. It's like, don't stop playing yet. I know this sucks for like three hours. <laughs> I know that, I know this sucks if you do what the game tells you to do. And, uh, yeah, like the stuff the game doesn't really talk about doing at all is how you play the game fucking fascinating and i'm sure you all learn because your favorite podcaster plays every fucking game and uh yeah. and he knew exactly how to play it but none of us did and we were very frustrated and, uh, or bored you run at the bullets that's that's really you didn't get to that part you got you didn't even get to the, the two-hour boring tutorial well, no i i got i got to the part in the tutorial where it's like telling you like oh run between cover and i'm like fuck this and just running out into the open and mowing down everybody and noticing that like Oh, this is barely affecting my health at all. All right, I'm going to keep doing I, this. I thought that was part yeah. of an unscripted cutscene, not like that's how the game works. But mm-hmm. the game introduces you to this whole cover system that if you use, you will be dead in seconds. Yeah. And also never works. So it's like, why is this here? There's button, there's <laughs> fucking button Vanquish. prompts. It's like, yeah. it's like Vanquish technically has a cover system. It's, it's there to vault it. over and to, to, yeah. To, yeah. to hide behind while you're reloading. That's about yeah. it. Yep. All right, yep. but we'll get into that. We'll get into Oddworld Soulstorm. We'll get into a couple of Apple Arcade games that I, I would really like to talk about. Um, I actually uh, need to talk and, to you about that in general, so yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, mm. and and some Souls-likes, uh, which we'll get into right after this. Oh, Chris. Oh, Matt. People might not know this about us, but we are two hairy, ape-like human beings. We just got a lot of hair. Mm-hmm. Antista, listen to that name. I am a little baby gorilla. And that means we've especially got a lot of hair down there. But they also don't know. I personally love a freshly shorn scrotum. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge proponent of manscaping, and there is no reason not to do it. It is wonderfully hygienic. You can get way more days out of your underwear. Your partner will thank you. And once again... If you can trim back the tree line, it makes it look like you own more property. Well, sure. But here's the thing. It can be kind of a harrowing experience trimming the hair down there. There's bobs and bits and just there's too much that could go wrong, leading to some unsightly nicks or even a medical emergency. Many a time I thought I had things under control when they quickly headed south while I was trimming down south. And let me tell you, Chris, (laughs) it hurts. It not only hurts not to be indelicate, but blood doesn't clot on some of those malleable pieces of flesh very well right? it just keeps bleeding that's why i was so excited when our latest sponsor manscaped reached out to us in fact i was downright giddy you see me wearing the manscaped shirt right now i'm like a walking mm-hmm. billboard for manscaped but i would be even if i took this shirt off because i recently did a little manscaping of my own using their patented lawnmower 3.0 trimmer the manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created with the lawnmower 3.0 that's way more than malcolm gladwell's 10,000 hour rule to become an expert these guys are like savants of ball (laughs) trimming chris yes i have tried every technique i've been manscaping for 20 years the best thing i've been able to come up with before manscaped before a tool expressly crafted 
uh, for you know trimming back the nether regions was either a lighter or a <laughs> razor that had been so dulled it would cut me less. So I would use a razor on my face for like five months just to get it dull enough to not cut my genitals in half. It, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm, I've been dying for this product for a long time. That is going to just put you in a bad place. But Manscapes, their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. None of that dull blade lighter business you're talking about. I don't even know what you're doing there. That, that sounds dangerous. That was mostly for the chest hair, but like Manscaped, yeah, dude, you can use this on your chest hair too. Sure. By the way, when I tell you this is a premium trimmer, I mean premium. The battery life can last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. That is a lot of bushwhacking a 90 minute shave session yeah that is like a like a george the animal steel level of <laughs> manscapery but but it should never take any of us that long and I, i'm telling you they probably tested it on hairy people like me well chris they have waterproof technology that even <gasps> allows you to groom in the shower forget shower wow. beers we're all about them shower balls, baby. No, my girl likes to watch me do this in the rain. It's a really weird <laughs> fetish. <for her. laughs> One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. I mean, we all need as much light as we can get when trimming the hair down there. That is not something you want to do blindly. Trust me on that one. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Uh, yeah, there we go. There we go. And let's not forget about the charging stand, Chris. You got to show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. That's right. USB. You can literally plug this bad boy in at your computer workstation. Go wow. to town on your lunch break. Now, look, I'm not saying do this when we're all back in the office. This is definitely kind of a work-from-home-only situation. But who's going to know? Sometimes for me, it's like a cutting the goatee on a basset hound. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be lifted up first. <laughs> this is a private endeavor. If you're listening to Chris and I talk about this right now, we want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. So go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME. That's 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com with the code LASERTIME. Manscaped, your, your balls, balls will thank you. you. And we're back to talk about what? Souls, Souls likes. likes. Yes, beginning with number five. What awaited us in the Far East wasn't love. It was monsters of death. I, I heard a lot of music drowning monsters out vocals. Yeah, what awaited us in the Far East wasn't love. It was monsters of oh, death. Far East, was this, was this Neo? Yes. This, was this is the, uh, Neo. That's a great Neo. name for a soul's like monsters and death. Please, yeah, please. Monsters and death. Don't sugarcoat this for me. <laughs> That would have been Ubisoft almost had it. They almost had gods and monsters, right? Mm -hmm. that, was that was and, and death, gods and monsters and death. But yeah, Neo is. It was like Samurai Dark Souls when it first came out uh, as a PlayStation exclusive. The original game follows the adventures of William Adams, who's based on an actual historical guy who journeyed to Japan and became Bill? one of the first ever Western samurai. Bill uh, Adams, the first samurai? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he says to Tom Cruise's character from The Last Samurai? It's like so great right to see white, you in Nagoya. Oh, my reunion? God. Not, even, Bill not even close to the same era. We're talking like 1600s, 1900s. Come on. <laughs> but he, he, he does say this. 
A cat clock. Anzo's ways are curious indeed. Even cats speak in these lands. Uh, one of the weird things is that he just speaks in English in his Welsh accent through this whole thing. And all the, or I guess he's supposed to be Irish, sorry. Irish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Irish. and all the, the Japanese characters speak in Japanese except for the character of Hanzo, who this is clearly a Japanese person speaking heavily accented English as a second language. Um, does he, does he put on this affect? Oh, oh. a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Oh, like without even affecting an accent, this is how all Japanese people talk in anime. <laughs> I'm uh. born and born in America, but now I'm Japanese. <laughs> oh. They're older than 18. That's how they um, and then I, I, the sequel, I, like for whatever reason, I, I I've tried Neo a few times. I could, it's one of those things like I can recognize this is a great, but I keep bouncing off of it because the difficulty is really unforgiving, uh, especially like in the beginning. But wait, but, where, did, where did you stand with Sekiro? Sekiro is really fucking hard, but for it's different much reasons. harder. I thought, yeah, it's hard. It's harder for different reasons. I would say I, yeah. when, when I've played Neo, I, I I haven't really felt like I was in control of Sekiro. I felt like it was because. I was messing up. It wasn't because, yeah. yeah this yeah. is more like a control issue. I think. Well, I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Sekiro is more about difficult based on timing and enemy attacks and stuff. Neo, part of the difficulty just from, comes from the complexity. Like the battle system in Neo is stuff. way more complex than Souls games. It's like, oh, you have multiple stances. You're going to yeah. have to memorize, and you're going to have to learn how all these weapons work. And, and it's. It's great if you want that, but it's going to take you a while to I, learn. I, all yeah, that. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I had a much easier time with Neo than I did with Sekiro. Huh. So that's the only reason I asked it like that. I know they're not the same game. Yeah. And then, as friend of the show, Greg Moore is fond of pointing out a big part of the combat and understanding the combat rests on mastering the key pulse, which sounds like this. That sound right there, that like that it's is you, you'll see like a pulse, and if you if you hit the button, it's he, he says it's like taking a breath. You will regain right. some of your stamina, and so that's that's kind of key to not that's running out of stamina as you're fighting. I forgot I streamed this with Greg. That, I thought that was yeah. I thought that shit was awesome. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. But Neo Two, the sequel, um, I really enjoyed up mm. to a point, and that point was the loot management gets crazy to the point where like oh did you just get a a thing that's better than the armor you're wearing now okay swap it out all right fight for five more minutes you just got another piece of armor that's better than the one you just equipped yeah and and it's like non-stop and like well especially in these games where you usually can't pause the game mm -hmm. it's like it's like yeah you're you're vulnerable while you're in the pause menu Mm -hmm. And and I, I, I mean it's the, it's the more outriders. than just like look for the one with the highest number like there's all these stats and perks that you have to worry about. Man, out, yeah. outriders added like you know how every class of loot has like a color. You can like classify yeah. things by color and like throw all this shit out and just once like in one swoop just throw out like 80 things and not think about it again. I thought that was amazing cuz loot management gets me I have never finished any any almost any of these souls likes games. Because they always, I always get to like, I love this to a point, mm-hmm. <laughs> to a point. Yeah. It's it's deliberately frustrating, and it's it's typically never the gameplay that man the loot management it gets me almost all. 
like a lot of the time. I do not mm-hmm. want to have to think about every different stat of this. I am not that type of player. Mm-hmm. Like, just get, put me typically... in the thing that has the highest defense score. and Right. Like, is, there go. should be a button for that. Sort this by best. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, but th- I guess that's one of the, the hallmarks of these games is it's like Monster Hunter. There's no technically no best. It's what's right. best for your play style. And, and I will sometimes, with a lot of Souls games, sort of like at first get a FOMO. Like, man, should I be trying every different weapon type to see which one I really like? And what I usually will do is... Find one that works and then just stick with it and yeah. and stand by that choice because I'm like I don't I don't need to worry that oh I should also be using this weapon. Just I will, pick I will the one. suffer the slings and arrows that are not repelled by this armor and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll Dark Souls proper, I'm totally a spear person. I've mm-hmm. always been. <laughs> I remember the last thing I played with. Fuck, it was on the Switch. Um, not the greatest but, way to play. Yeah, in Neo Two, I also like that. Whereas the first one follows a somebody based on a historical personage, Neo Two just lets you create your own character who can like transform into a yokai form, which is neat. Mm. And they don't talk, but everyone else does a lot, and you have the option to play in the original Japanese or have everyone speak in a cute English accent. I've been waiting for you. You uh, read the letter, right? I'm Tukichiro. And you are? <laughs> Hide. Alright. I'll call you Hidi. Got a nice ring to it. No Japanese person would ever say Hidi instead of Hide. But okay. <laughs> it's just about it's about tree Hidi. Mm-hmm. Tree Hidi is, is what he owes me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. I do. I do enjoy this series. I, yeah, I, Neo's great. Yeah, I kind of figured like this would be the one we'd have the least to say, but is also possibly the highest regarded. That, that's what's. Well, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, why is it five? Because well, it's I, like, I, probably, in my opinion, I, one of the best. Of I think these. It, 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 it's, it, uh, it's a five for me on the list. Yeah, but it, it just it shakes a lot of that souls like stuff by like kind of avoiding the dreary gothic nature of most every other souls game. Hmm. It's almost never spooky or scary or cryptic. I mean, it's, yeah, it kind of is. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty. It, it's it's trying to set its own tone, more yeah, so than these yeah. other games that yeah. are just are trying to be. I, ambiguous I like that it. I like that it didn't just like cop the Souls formula. It does its own things. So, in addition to the battle system, which you could argue is more complex than Souls and better, um, the mission structure is even different. It's it's. Whereas in Souls, it's like yeah, it's kind of not an open world, but there's like a big you know you could go through two, through different lands and stuff like that uh the maps in neo and the missions are pretty confined after you, you get to kind of this hub point and it's like oh yeah you're gonna go and it, it's kind of like a mini map where you might get stuff done in and, and it's just a different structure of how you're tackling missions in neo and i mm-hmm. i actually found it more manageable because of that so all right well <laughs> let's move on to number four Speaking of games that Matt thinks are the best. I burped yes, right through thank most you. of that. That was awesome. Hmm. Yeah, this is... Um, <laughs> I've been burping the whole show. I feel bad for Michael having to edit this. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is our 2D entry on the list. Yes. Uh, and it's one of my personal favorites, uh, Salt and Sanctuary. Such a wonderful game. Yeah, uh, I love Salt and Sanctuary. This is, this really is a lot of fun. I haven't played it very much. What I have played is, is immensely enjoyable. I do have one complaint. 
The color uh, palette is so muddy that everything blends into everything else. It's true. Yeah, I it's kept true. tripping stuff, over yeah. enemies and like, oh, what's attacking me? Oh, this zombie that I was just pushing aside because yeah, it was blending yeah. against the background. I am remembering that. I, I told you I played on PC, so at least the monitor was right up against my eyeballs, mm-hmm. so I had a better chance of seeing stuff. But um, yeah, what I really like about this one is it is it really did feel like a Souls game in yeah. 2D. Like there yeah, were a couple totally Souls did. games that, or Souls likes that were trying that in 2D, and this one kind of nails a lot of what makes Souls games Souls games. You know? Yeah, and it did it like, it, like it, I think it came out originally at a time when. Uh, you know, that wasn't really a formula that was being widely aped. Like, yep. we didn't have a ton of side-scrolling Souls-likes yet. I think as a lot of people found, it was surprisingly difficult to make a yeah. colorless, <laughs> hudless, <laughs> yeah. rudderless yeah. game uh, uh, make a Souls-like, even in 2D. Yeah, and Scott well, Studios I think, I think is like the, a two-person team, so that's especially yeah. impressive. Yeah, they're a tiny team. I think one of the things they nail that um, a lot of people forget about with with Souls-like games is like there's a lot of like cryptic systems in here that are just really tough to like crack. Like, what am I? What's going on? So, like for example, the save system in this game um, instead of bonfires, you have these like altars, right? Mm-hmm. But um, depending on, yeah. you get to choose which god you're praying to at like an altar, and depending on which god it is, like well, I think one of Michael's favorite things, you get different healing items out mm-hmm. of out of yeah. that god. I, right? I thought that was neat that I like started off as one of the iron ones. It was like, oh, you're a bunch of atheists, but you can consecrate right. your sanctuaries anyway. And by the way, I have a sound for that. Set your idol on the altar and suddenly it's a safe place. But you can also find sanctuaries belonging to other factions and you can still yes. kind of do your stuff there. And if you like rest there and get healed, like for I started out again as one of the iron ones. And so I got like hearty rolls as my healing items. And then I rested at like this goddess's altar and it's like, oh, now I've got like some sort of potion instead. So it's like but it actually changes the look of them. There's this like deep system though, which is like you have to literally like go to a wiki and look it up where mm. you can like desecrate sanctuaries right. and like convert them to your god, and it makes everyone who set up shop there like pissed off at you. <laughs> and then, or you can like you can like um, switch gods, and then you're you're an apostate with the original people, mm-hmm. and they'll be pissed off at you when you go to their sanctuary. There's there's a lot of depth. It it is that. Um, a couple of the Souls games have tried like faction systems that, at least on the single player side, always just kind of felt like, eh, they're not really there. Like it, mm-hmm. it felt a little half baked. And my understanding is a lot of those faction things played into the PvP part of the yeah. game, which of course I barely ever touch in Souls yeah. games, so I don't really see that part. But like it, this, to me, felt like, oh, this is an actual kind of faction system that it, that it affects my single player campaign a lot, you know. Yeah, I liked it. There's there's lots of stuff, but in addition to it, it also nails the basics of Souls games. Really, it's balls hard. You know, when you die, you got to go get your stuff. The the bosses, even though they're in 2D, and so you can, it's much easier to see and predict their attacks. They are still like super difficult bosses that are probably going to re- require more than one try. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even the color palette and stuff, like Michael was saying, it's pretty muddy and hard to see stuff. That's very much like uh, kind of dark. The original Dark Souls was like that to me. Like when I think of Dark Souls One, I think gray. The color mm-hmm. gray comes to mind. That is a gray game. Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah, gray and brown. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah, and and like, but it, this does an interesting thing. Is like it gives you two currencies. Like you know, it's it's not just like 
oh, you'll lose your souls and your souls are both your money and your way of leveling up. You lose your salt when you die and that's how you level up. You get to keep your gold, which lets you buy stuff from people. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of nice. And I like that. I like that aspect of collecting vendors for for mm. the sanctuaries. Of like, oh yeah, there's this shopkeeper here, and I but I had to go kind of collect them for. Yeah. I think that's all um, by area, if I remember correctly. It's been a while since since I played Salt yeah. and Sanctuary. I mean, you're but... you're waking up on like a cursed island, but there's like people all over the place, and they're like, oh yeah, no, I I sell stuff. That's what I do. It's uh, yeah. this is my job. Well, see. What you were saying, that area, you know, that, that to me was one of the best things about that game. It's going to 2D. They used that, you know, Metro, Metroidvania style really mm-hmm. well. I think it translated really well to that Dark Souls thing. Because yeah. you're kind of doing that in Dark Souls too. You're right. unlocking different places and stuff. But, it's true. you know, com- um, you know, compared with everything else, I think that was a perfect mesh and that was a good, if they were going to do 2D Dark Souls, that was the, the way to go with it. Yeah. I, I really liked that. And it's it's been done a few other times since. Like uh, I think Blasphemous did it pretty well. Uh, Hollow Knight we actually debated a bit before the show about like does this even count as a Souls like? Some people would say yes, some people would say no. Matt yes. was on the no side, and I was on the ambivalent side. So <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'm more on the ambivalent side. Like for me personally, it was just kind of like well, if we're gonna have a two D entry, I'd like to include a game I enjoyed. I just didn't like Hollow Knight that much. I gave it. Three to four hours, and maybe it's one of those games like, no man, wait till the eight hour mark. You fucking, you'll get it then. And I'm like, yeah, no thanks. I, I just didn't enjoy Hollow Knight as much. It didn't. The combat didn't feel as complex as this or anything. So I agree. But uh, yeah, I mean, I get. I know. I know people love Hollow Knight, so we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention it and then have me say I don't like it. So fuck off. It's <laughs> I've tried. I've tried so many times to get into it. Sadly, that is usually at three in the morning after finishing the show and being hammered. Oh. And I can't figure out how to play or get out of that pit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what Hollow Knight nails really well, I remember, is you have to creep along so slowly so that you don't yes. kill. Like, get, yeah, it's mm. yeah, it nails that part of Dark Souls. It also regenerates uh, monsters when you leave an area. So tut tut, you leave that yeah. for when you you rested a fire or a sanctuary or whatever. But yeah, man, yeah. risk reward. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah, Salt and Sanctuary, a lot of fun. Extremely complex, despite the fact that it doesn't look that complex. Yeah, man. But, but yeah, yeah. He- heavily recommended. Anyway, let's move along to... Number three. What a curiosity you are. Wearing a man like a shell. You've awakened him, but you know nothing of him yet. Fetch me one of his mementos and some tar, too. And I'm sure we can stir up some recollections. I mean, the title was practically in that quote. I'm yes. sure at least one of you knows what this is. It's Mortal Shell. Yeah, yes. Mortal Shell, which I, when this came out, like, I was like, this, how is this not getting sued into the dust? Even the yeah. menus look like Dark Souls. <laughs> Yeah, it's so Dark Souls, and this is the one that that's freshest on my mind because I, I you know, it's it's the one that I definitely I can't remember if Jedi you Fallen it. Order came out of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I review. I, I think I reviewed three of the games on this list. Yeah, yeah. oh shit, and uh, yeah. So did you review Salt and Sanctuary? Uh, yeah, I did review Salt and Salt and Sanctuary. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was actually looking over my review to see what I said in 2016. Yes, it was. Yes, but uh, yeah, but the, the thing was okay. 
So the thing about Mortal Shell, that game was kicking my ass. Mm. I, I think that I'm so good at, you know, but they, they, they start you off with a regular longsword. And, you know, the thing is, you're free to go in any direction that you want. Apparently, I went for the hardest boss first. No, it was you, it was you and me. That. Yeah. You and me did the same thing, and then, like, we basically had to start over. <laughs> that, yes. And that's right. I think we were talking about we that. We were. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, because I, I finally beat it. But the thing is, is they get you into a spot where they lock you in there. You cannot get out of that zone. You just yeah. can't. So you have to, because once I actually got that, what was it, the hammer and chisel, that was uh-huh. the the faster way. I was, became a god in that game. But that game, to me, I will say that it was, like, unnecessarily hard I mean, being, in that being, first being trapped in that later area, as the first area, it got me really good at the game. Really, because I didn't, exactly. I didn't I understand what that. was going on. Because like, uh, yeah. all right, so if the boss hits me less than once, I'm dead forever. But so how many hits can I get in between his one hit? And and I, I, I and then I I couldn't believe. I went and looked at the tutorials. I'm like, no, that is not the first boss you should be fighting, you idiot! Jesus, <laughs> I had to like basically sacrifice all my souls or whatever the fuck those things are. Yeah, your your tar. Leave. My tar and your glimpses. And I came very close to crying on that boss. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Yes. Like, the thing you have to remember when I say that I was on a review deadline. I was I had, say, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you had a deadline. No, yeah. I, I was doing it for like a day. Like, I, I know. I remember we bonded over this because, like, like how the fuck do I get out of here? I'm not going to lose all my shit. But it, to me, it, this is the, the most. This is the best. Souls knockoff, I think. Yes, it is. It, 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 that, that was kind of like Michael was saying. That's so close. He was frustrated to get sued. I think that's one of the reasons why is they managed to nail that vibe. So right yeah. down to the person's like, oh, yes, your shell. All that mysterious yes, talking. And I'm speaking in a low monotone, and I'm a grotesque merchant, but I'm going to be like, oh, what a delightful creature you are. Let me put on some tea. <laughs> the, <laughs> he does it, not move. It, what to it, put what on it does tea. that Souls. That I, I, what it does better than a Souls game, in my opinion, is just the speed, or at least the, the the time in which you get to experience cool new things. It never really mm-hmm. takes that long to do something really dope, rather than unless like, you get stuck in the first. Area. Unless you get <laughs> stuck in the first, but but after that progression, like you're you're fighting a cool boss like every hour or so, and, or like yes. or like carving a new path. It, it it's it moves way faster than a regular Souls game, and I don't remember. I ended up in an area that was like immaculate and sterile, very unlike the Souls games, with a weapon that exponentially grew more powerful every time I used a successful, a successful hit with it. And I remember telling you guys, like, I'm at times 250! What the fuck? This is way, this is way more tempting than the, the Souls aspect, the weapon that is 250 times more powerful than when I picked it up. It was. I love this fucking game. I had the, the I greatest time. Yes. With yeah, Mortal I remember Coil. you you talking a bunch about it. Uh, I I really enjoy it, but it's also really tough. Like I'm just wading through a bunch of brigands, and now I got killed and lost all my shit. Uh, like an hour away from where I was. Yes, and there's I a lot of to, that. I have to get back there, and I immediately just get stomped by the first weak-ass enemy that I beat easily the last time. Fuck this. I'm giving yes. up. No, I'm going to play again. Uh, <laughs> Very accurate description. Yeah. And uh, and but, also, I have, I have not screamed at a game like uh, this, this since I was a little kid. <laughs> what the fuck? I hate you! But, what? <laughs> part of the, the difficulty actually comes from you have three different ways at least... Yeah. Of dealing with an incoming attack, and it can get a little confusing trying to switch between them. Like the first one that you're introduced to, uh, you can he- sort of hear in this clip. 
That sound that sounds like uh, rocks tumbling is your body hardening. So oh, that's the hardening. That's, right. that's the hardening. You can uh, harden your body, and it just basically freezes you, <laughs> temporarily turns you into a statue for as long as you hold it or until you take a hit. And it will stagger your enemies if they hit you like that. Then you also, by exploring this temple, you'll find a seal that lets you parry. And if you parry again, you can stagger enemies and just stab them to regain health. And it's usually an instant kill. Uh, or you can just roll out of the way. And it's like, well, that's a lot of options. But at the same time, like in the heat of like, oh, there's a spear coming at me. Which one do I hit and how do I time it? And did I hit the right one? Can get a little bit confusing. So that's an important thing. There was no shields in this game. That the hardening right. was supposed to take the place of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and hardening, I want to say, was really quick too. You, yeah. All you had to do yeah. was tap that. I think it was the left trigger, mm-hmm. and it just like a fraction of a second. So don't think that it was like something that lasts for like a sec- second, or you had to wait it out or something. No, no it's it was awesome. super fast. It's and, like and a free it, hit. It, it, it it tells you at the beginning, like try doing it mid swing. So like you can start on a swing, mm-hmm. and then uh, because you can't you can't always interrupt enemy attacks, and then you know when an enemy starts in on their combo, they'll hit you. It'll be interrupted, and in that same second you'll deliver a hit. Yeah, and that, so, it's like a shield that can cancel and reinstitute a hit. Like in yeah. its last frame, it rules. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool, and uh, it is a super fun game, and a, a big part of. The fun comes from, like, so you start out as, like, this wraith-like creature that can take, like, one hit, and you find discarded corpses, like, four different discarded corpses that you can possess, and that's where the name comes from, the mortal shell, yeah, and then you can find different weapons on top of that and different upgrades for the weapons, and... It's really cool, but again, it gives you no direction, so you will, you can easily wander off and like, oh, I'm gonna fight this big hulking bear dude with blade arms. Like, no, don't do that right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> yeah. So it, it can get tough. But yeah, very, very. I can't get over the reward. fact that you need a seal. Like, I, I, when you say a parrying seal, I'm just thinking like, Poplio from Pokemon is like, oh yeah, I got a seal. It's like, it looks oh, like oh, it looks like an onk that you carry around strapped oh, to your oh, belt, okay. and then you just like pick it up and like goes, hold it up. Th- th- yeah, you hold yeah. It up. Oh, that and, seal. Okay. And sometimes yeah. it's glowing, and sometimes it's not. And I'm not sure. Like, do I need to charge this thing for it to work? Because it doesn't always seem to work when I try to use it. Uh, yeah, it was really hard to use the parry. Yeah. Sometimes though, it was at that boss and that pretty floating castle. Oh, that's another thing. The 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 biomes, I guess you could call it, they were all fantastically different. I, I thought that was a good thing about that game. It, it was really rewarding to go into a new area and it looked really different. That was yeah. that was one thing. I'm so, still stuck mm. in the swamps and it does that Dark Souls thing of like, what's that thing over there? It looks super dangerous, but it's not coming toward me. What do I do? And it's like the, the frog, Gorf. So there's like this giant frog that's like you yeah. know and as you get close to him he starts like grinning with all these like sharp jagged teeth i'm like what the fuck is this gonna do and you get up to him and you realize like oh he's friendly he stops the music if you talk to him <laughs> you know what i don't think i know what the frog does i, I think i finished the game without mm. knowing what the frog does <laughs> you can you can feed him stuff and i'm i'm not sure what he gives you but but mostly what i've done is just like you talk to him and he's just like Oh, sorry, am I boring you? And he turns off the music, and then you talk to his him again. His Gorf, says, yeah, said frog backwards. He he just walk. You walk up to him. and He goes, "Welcome to Gorf on Golf. I'm uh, here to teach you about teach you, you about know. golf. It's a completely different game now. Ha! Bait and switch. You guys remember uh, Dorf on Golf? No. 
I, I do. I vaguely. I believe it was Tim that. Conway buried up to his knees. I believe it, it would come it on was. PBS at like 2 a.m. PBS? Uh, <laughs> Is that where they went? <laughs> I don't know. I know you bought them on VHS uh, in between Girls Gone Wild videos. They were selling Dwarf on Golf. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so I'm not even sure if that's problematic nowadays to like have, have a guy buried up to his knees pretending to be a little person. Like, I guess that probably Oh, I thought you were talking about Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> yeah. No, Doug Stanhope made it all okay. <laughs> They're both pretty fucking problematic. Um, but Girls Gone Wild, definitely problematic. Wait, did I ever tell you my Girls Gone Wild story? Please. This is the perfect time Michael will yeah. love it. <laughs> it's true. And I can tell Michael's like, I need to go to the next entry. No, so one one New Year's Eve when when I was a younger single man or whatever, I I was um this girl's like, Hey, come over, my friend's having a party at her parents' house. And I'm like, Okay, cool. And her parents this was in like Laguna Beach, so super nice house overlooking the cliffs and the beach and all that stuff. I've and I'm kinda like looking show. around I'm yeah, I'm looking around the house and I'm like kinda, oh there's the family photos, oh yeah, there's the daughter. There's the brother and the brother was I, it, I think his name's Joe, the founder of Girls Gone Wild. Yeah, the guy who's like, in prison for like yes, <laughs> he, and he, raping had, people. he had been sent to prison by then already, right? So I was wow. like, oh, this is something where I really want to talk to her, but I don't know how to bring it up. Like this is this is very strange. So, oh man, that's well, that beats mine. When I just I just slept with somebody in that commercial because I'm oh, from wow. Florida. <laughs> And that's very easy to do. And <laughs> Were you playing the beach music that plays during those commercials? Bum, bum, too? Like, show me where yeah, babies feed. <laughs> let, let me let me set the mood for you, baby. And you just put on some steel drum music. So gross. I, I know. I told you. I, I ordered that, and like we got it, and like th- this is the internet bear- porn is like really not in its heyday, but this is still impossible to jerk to or watch with your friends <laughs> or watch with your friends and jerk to. This is dumb. And then I moved out of my parents' house. I'd never heard in the commercial, cancel any time. And when I got back to my parents' house, there were no. 14 $29.99 stacks of cardboard with God knows what in them. I had to call them and cancel. And the nicest lady in the world told me, uh, why are you, excuse me, if you don't mind me asking, why are you canceling? Like, cause this is fucking stupid. It's just a bunch <laughs> of guys yelling at girls, shopping your titties! And then throwing beads at them. It's not sexy. It's not hot. It's nobody's fantasy. It's, it's the worst. <laughs> and she's like, well, sir, what if I told you our next video will be a feature hardcore penetration and triple X activity? Like, mom! <laughs> Help! I can't get off the phone with this lady. Uh, hey, Brigands in Mortal Shell, what's your reaction to being told that story? That motherfucker just hardened. <laughs> this segment brought to you by Blue Chew. I, Blue I, Chew. I just, I love the horrible death moans in Mortal Shell. <laughs> It sounds like the dude. There's a guy in Outriders who has that scream. I don't know if you guys heard the Outriders scream. Or the, no. oh I randomized my character selection because everyone was dog shit. Uh, every, yeah. every option was not good. Yeah, no. Um, and but another another thing that I wanted to talk about from Mortal Shell. It's not steel drums, but one of the very first <laughs> items you get is a loot. And what's weird about it is that the more you play the loot, you the the better you get at it. Uh, your first time playing it, it sounds like this. It's really bad. <laughs> and uh, if you play it enough times, eventually you'll sound like this. Mm-hmm. 
adventure. Is I I've never had a lesson. I just pulled out this loot ten times and put it away after two seconds every time. And it was a nice I, tutorial mm-hmm. in that regard for how everything works. Yeah, and and oh, so I was right. like, but what does this do? And like, well, I've, it does two things as far as I can tell. One. Uh, if you, you'll find, uh, bandits playing the loot, and if you take out yours and play it nearby, it'll give you an achievement for jamming with them. Um, and also it will draw enemies to you if, you know, you're outside of their normal radius. Like they will come and attack you if you start playing the loot at them because how fucking dare you not take this seriously. It's well, what you would use bow and arrow for in Souls games. Like I'm going to shoot the skeleton. I actually, who's yeah, really I didn't far fucking away. know that. And there were a couple. There, like Michael said, there's a couple of guys that can easily take down in one hit. But if there are four of them in the wrong like funnel or tube, mm-hmm. I could get slaughtered pretty easily if I could just draw them out. I had no idea the fucking loot did that, and I, mm-hmm. I, I leveled it all the way up. I, I just didn't know. I didn't bother <laughs> to look into it. Does it still aggro them all at the same time? Or, you know, how selective yes. can you I mean, be? It, it will, okay. like, within a certain radius, it will draw enemies from every direction, I think. Yeah. Um, but luckily, there are shit tons of bear traps in that first area of the game. So you can just kind of post up next to one and start playing. And if, you, if uh, you're drawing them from the right direction, they'll, like, walk right into it. Sometimes if I ever open up a done. sporting goods store, please remind me to name it Shit Tons of Bear Traps. Hey, how's it going, dude? Welcome to Shit Tons of Bear Traps. We got bear traps, bear traps, bear traps. <laughs> Forget about that bass thing. fishing place. Come to Shit Tons of Bear Traps. Guess what we got? Bear traps. <laughs> I think this was too long to put in the review when I wrote it. But one of the ways I was thinking was uh, when I did it is the loot, one of the purpose that it serves is because it's a no no hassle way of teaching you that the more you use something, every single thing in that game, the better you get at it. And, uh, mm-hmm. you takes up, takes up less stamina, uh, potions or whatever it was, lo- those leaves or whatever, give you more back. Mm-hmm. They o- unlock new stuff. So the more times you use something, the better you get at it. And the, the loot quote levels up really quickly. And I think that's part of its point is to teach you that. Remember, uh, the, the Elder Scrolls games do that, or used to do that with leveling. And so you would just end up like, or at least I would end up like, I need to maximize my acrobatic skill. Yep, I'm going jump to everywhere. jump everywhere. Oh, that's Morrowind, <laughs> man. That's, or, or sneak, or I want to sneak everywhere I go in this game. I, I think the later ones do it too. Uh, do they? It's been a long time since I played through Skyrim, but, uh, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, let's move on to. Number two. The journey will not be easy. Storm swirls round the dragon's tower like a shroud. The dragon may be dead, but in its ashes, I fear something else has awoken. You will fight for every step. You must reach the tower, learn what became of our warrior, face what lurks within. Um, full disclosure, I believe you worked on this game, Matt. I did, several years, mm. yes. Uh, this is Remnant from the Ashes. Oh, yes. no, this is my favorite Souls, like, uh. um, just the whole package. I know what the next one is, and I know it's kind of objectively the best game, but, you know, it's sort of cheating. Hmm. Remnant okay. is the total shit. And I, Matt doesn't work in it, I was never kissing his ass. It scratched every Destiny Souls Modern huh. gameplay itch. I was I was interested in. It's I think it's still on Game Pass. God damn. It asks, this is what I haven't played. I want to play yeah. it now. It mm-hmm. asks the question that none of us knew to ask, which is 
What if Dark Souls was a shooter? It's 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 interesting. It's not just that it's a shooter; it's that it it kind of sometimes feels like uh, you remember that that tabletop game Rifts, where it's like, what if a bunch of different worlds collided together? And mm-hmm. this is sort of that. It's like it starts you off with this like uh, sort of industrial hellscape where like our, the the world this world ended sometime like in the sixties. There was an invasion by these tree people. So you've got like, you know, computer, like old style, like mainframe computers sitting around and uh, landscapes full of these, you know, sword warrior demon things that keep attacking you. But then the further you make it in, the more the landscape shifts and changes and you get like, this is like a fantasy goblin village. This is a... you know, there, there's a bunch of diff- completely different things, different biomes that you visit. Well, yeah, there's different biomes because you're traveling through these these rifts. Like there's there's these big jewel like things in the world that are kind of yeah. the campfire. Ver- mm-hmm. That's their they're, they're their just called of the checkpoints, which is bold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, you you well you yeah you can use them as checkpoints, but then yeah you can u- use them to fast travel between areas and the different biomes. Yeah, they're, that's another thing. You know, Leif was talking about biomes in Mortal Shell, like. Remnant actually had some really diverse, good biomes. There's, there's, like a, lot, a, there's a lot more world. than Mortal Yeah, the, well, the, the, and the conceit is like each one is actually a different world. So it's right, it's the yeah. the residents of those worlds are the different enemy types. Like there's a world with kind of like it's almost like Pan's Labyrinth style enemies, and uh, yeah, it's um. So yeah, again, Michael said I worked on this game, and and I'm trying to figure out what I can say because I know a lot of the, <laughs> the backstory and everything behind the game. But it, it but like a Souls game, like. You're not supposed to, you know, the game doesn't reveal that stuff yeah, explicitly a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and not only that, I, like I've played it. I don't even know how to say how I've played it. Have I played it so many times? Have I played it? I've only played it through once, but I, I've continued helping people. Great, great, great co-op. I think way better than any other game on this list. It has that. Yeah, the co-op. It, the co-op was a big selling point for us. The other thing that this game does that's very different and very unsouls like. Mm-hmm. It's a proc gen game. So every time you go into those worlds, it's completely building the map from scratch. Yeah. You know, so um, that's what I was saying. I, I think there's areas I've never been to because I was observing someone's game. Like, what the fuck? Like, I am triple done with this. I have never seen that area. Yeah, so, yeah. That was probably it. You know, the way a lot of proc gen stuff works is there's like yeah. tile sets and stuff. So you probably didn't see some of those tile sets. But it's uh, that I mean that is, I wasn't sure honestly if that was going to work. You know, because when one of the hallmarks of a Souls game is kind of you can memorize the maps to understand, well, this is exactly where these enemies will be yeah. so I can prepare myself and kind of learn how to run through the levels. You can't do that when it's proc gen. It's kind of like, oh, shit. Uh, I mean, just because I've been through the world, I can memorize the enemy attack patterns. That's it, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I will say, like, that's – it's one of those things I was like the developers, Gunfire Games – they really worked hard at balancing that game so that it you didn't get overwhelmed because yeah a lot of the time when when you're procedurally generating here's how the map works yeah. imagine how tough it will be then to procedurally generate where the enemies are and stuff like that like balance is tough it did help that it's a shooter right mm-hmm. so you can maintain your distance like 
I couldn't even imagine trying to do melee when all that stuff is well, brought. Another too. very unsouls like thing that it does is you don't lose all your shit when you die. You just go back to the nearest mm-hmm. checkpoint. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, other than like, well, all the monsters are back sometimes, like there isn't really much of a penalty for dying, which is, I mean, it's still right. pretty tough, but it's yeah. it's less onerous where that's concerned. Like you don't con- continually feel like you're being sent back to square one necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this it also has really cool bosses. I, I love the bosses in Remnant. Like each each one, it's it's like a Souls game where each one kind of has you got to learn the fight. They're very mm-hmm. distinct fights, very different, and they're uh, they're very fun. And my favorite is still the one that we showed in all the trailers and stuff. Is that that wood dragon man? That thing was badass. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a tough fight. Nice. Yeah. Goddamn. That I, I it's that last boss fight is one of my favorite things in human history. Oh, the last boss. Child, yeah, the last boss is wild. In, inside a child's brain, like uh, that was so oh, tough to wrap my head around. And when I was looking recently at all of my Xbox Live messages, they're all like eighteen months old, and all of them relate to Remnant to people okay. who didn't who didn't have mics. Like, no, no, no. If you get sucked inside this zone, you have to fortify yourself, stay alive in there as long as possible. We'll hit him out here. It, it's yeah. it's incredibly complicated. It's like. Uh, it's like several of things you've experienced in Destiny. Yeah, but I still right. thought this was more creative. Uh, it really, it really, really. I love the last boss of it so much. It's so God. It was irritating for like two whole days until I learned what was up. <clears throat> yeah, you gotta God, learn man. those fights, man. You gotta learn the fight. yeah, Remnant is the shit. It's really, it's seriously worth your time. In that it doesn't bore you ever with stupid lore and codexes. I mean, it uh, it, it does sometimes. About this uh, uh, heliocolopter, though, I saw this old bird in flight, believe it or not. I was four. Damn thing just returned from a trip to the moon. Deadwood took her down, of course. Snipers on the rooftops. Don't know what they hit, but she came down like a damn meteor. That's a big rock that falls from the sky, if you didn't know. Saw the whole thing I did. Never thought I'd be living in her after, though. <laughs> I ain't putting you to sleep now, am I? Yes. <laughs> Luckily, that's the first. That's the first two hours, and you do not yeah. hear a cutscene or like a voice actor for like I don't know, like dozens of hours. I after mean, that. They're, they're rare. There's there's one or two per per world, and it's usually explaining what happened in that world. And there are codexes because, and then this is where it's like, Chris, you might you're probably better to talk about it, so I don't reveal something I'm not supposed to. But I mean, you you do learn the backstory of like. Oh, this is what happened. The world's gotten like why the world is looks like it's in the '60s is explained in in those codexes a little That's bit. Really cool. Yeah, I, I never. It's just not for me. I, I, I've only recently become very comfortable with skipping cutscenes. I've experienced so much <laughs> dumb, bad, and superfluous game story. I just get me out of here. I know I have to shoot all this stuff until the big guy asks me to shoot him. I get it. I I don't need to know why I'm here. Got it. I can read this in one sentence on the wiki. Sorry, this, I know I'm alone in this area. No one agrees with me, not even our <laughs> listeners. I love lore. I know it's, we'll uh, always I sit still it. for it. I mean, it, it's, I, I like a premise, but like, and if you don't have good characters, if you let me customize my character, you're telling me his characterization doesn't matter. Hmm. He may as well just not talk. That's true. And, well, and I, I love so. lore to a certain point. I don't love it like when a game gives me a whole shit ton of it like right at the start and assumes yeah. that I'm more interested in that than I am in just jumping into the gameplay. 
Yeah, Outriders. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Here's two hours why we're not Gears. Yeah. (laughs) All right. But, uh, yeah, Remnant from the Ashes, a lot of fun. Um, And and this feels oddly blasphemous, but uh, I, I think this is easily my favorite out of the list. Number one. BD1, this is Grease. Hey, Grease. What is that? Get off my sofa! Get, get off my sofa! Get out of there! Get out! That is BD1. He's with us. I don't care who he's with. Do you have any idea how hard it is to get oil stains out of petroleum fabric? Uh, <laughs> this is... This is, uh, out of all this list, this is probably the most accessible game. It's in many ways the easiest and most conventional game. And yet it is still undeniably heavily influenced by Dark Souls. It's, it's why I love Souls so much. I, I couldn't stand how like gameplay had been removed from games from like the last Mm. two years of, it was, it was mostly like, you whack stuff, you whack stuff, you whack stuff, and you wait for a interactive cutscene to do something really cool, and you ultimately learn nothing, and you never become a better player. This showing up in a Star Wars game means, like, no, players like this and developers like this. Yeah. Like, this is what gameplay was supposed to look like. And I feel like the entire time I worked in the games industry, a lot of 3D games ignored shit like this. And I'm, I was very excited to see it go mainstream with Star Wars. That's why I'm glad it's on the list. And it's unfair mm-hmm. that it's the best game, but it's also fucking Star Wars. Yep. Yeah. It, it has the best, it has the best story. And I do like the story here. Yeah. And the I, best, the best character. I like it a lot. And I like that. Yeah. Even though, again, it feels blasphemous to make number one on a list of Souls-like games the easiest one, but like, this is just super fun. It's, it's a very so fun. fun game to play. Um, as, yeah. as Cal Kestis trying to track down the, Young Jedi listed in this holocron to take down the Empire in a quest that you know is doomed to failure from the very beginning because, like, this happens before A New Hope and, like, well, we don't hear anything about a guy named Cal Kestis in the Star Wars movies, so clearly it didn't make much of an impact. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's uncovered but, a bunch of runes and secrets. Yeah. That, uh, but I, yeah. I feel like it never feels quite as soulsy as it does on that very first world where yeah. you're just kind of like stepping out into parts unknown and there's all these monsters and shit that you just kind of have to learn what their attacks are. And eventually you'll you'll know how to predict what they're doing when you see the first signs of them showing up. There's like that big frog like boss lurking in a cave that like yeah, that, it's your by. first really big challenge. I was super shocked by that. The idea mm-hmm. like this fucking thing is impossible. I could never ever beat it even if I wanted to and then I hammered it out for an hour. Yeah. Actually is, there's, there's a way there's a way to totally cheese him out. You draw him yeah. to the the entrance I believe and you can whack yeah. him he yeah. can hit you. Yeah. But that's also of an extremely soulsy thing that it's it, very it, it presents you like early on with this enemy challenge. that yeah. you are not powerful enough to fight yet. Yes. Like you're welcome to try. But you might be like just banging your head against a brick wall for a while. And it's, it's kind of teaching you like not everything needs to be tackled right away. You can come back and do this later. Yes. It's fine. Um, and it also does the, the bonfire thing, although it's, it's you finding Jedi meditation circles. This looks like a safe place to meditate. Just need to focus my mind. Yeah, lets you level up and shit. This is and one case we, where... Go ahead. 
Uh, I was just going to say, and it's it's a lot of fun to fight stormtroopers in this, just to hold up your your block and to to parry the blaster bolts as they come in to deflect them right back at them. I don't think I've ever yeah, played a game it, where it the light has... it felt just so right. Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I, I've always want I've always wanted to you know with Jedi they feel like Jedi, and I I feel like this one did, especially in that last chapter. If there's any one criticism I have about that, it's finally like in the last scene you are like a god. You are finally mm-hmm. the Jedi that you see at the end of the Mandalorian and everything like that. You and yeah. uh, and it's like I would love to have like a new game plus or something so I could be using this yeah. or so you know. And then yeah. you meet Redacted yeah. and you realize like, oh no, I'm actually just a beginner still. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm dog shit compared to this person. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I I did like. Um, so there's the thing where you just hold up to deflect the blaster bolts. The game also had a pretty good parry system that that. So one of the things I'm I'm dog shit at most of these parry systems in Souls like games, like other than Sekiro, where they fucking force you to use mm-hmm. it. And then this game, this game, the window was wide enough where I could actually use the parry effectively. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. This also does the Souls thing. It maps the attacks to. The trigger buttons, you know, yep. the shoulder and the trigger button, which is, is kind of another staple of Souls games, but it, it just felt really good the way they did it. And, and yet it was still Star Wars. So like Michael said, it's, it's one of the least difficult, like there, there's a lot more mobility in this game than a Souls game. It's not slow and plotting. I would only you know? say the bosses. I found some frustration with the bosses because it was like, these bosses are not fucking around. Right. And they change up their patterns when you think you've learned them. Yeah, I have like at least four tiers. I actually quit because it's just like I love this and I love this combat, but I am not investing any more time. And I've done this for five hours now. I'm not learning how to fight. I'm not learning how to fight this boss. It wasn't the last one. It was the one, but I'm guessing before a bunch of other crazy shit happened. Because there's the one in the cave with the spider, which I thought was actually a very Dark Souls fight. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I just stuff happened. I got new games, and I never went back to it because it was like <laughs> it was that difficult. And I, I'm still, it's still something we should be shocked about in a Star Wars game. And the only yeah. other thing, uh, uh, it was the, <laughs> it was the first time I heard the term "stim" being used before the pandemic. And <laughs> every time I see it now, I think, are people talking about the the EA Star Wars game? It, it is the BD it is stim. the best EA. It it is the uh, <laughs> need a stim BD. Like uh, it it is the best. E, uh, it is the best of the collaboration between EA and Lucasfilm, yeah. LucasArts. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think all of us said, like, yes, please, more of that. And here we are two years later and like, will we get more of that? This seemed to come together very quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I, one of the things this game gets credited for, which I love, although I'm like, well, there's other games doing this, too. A lot of people say this is the game that saved single player gaming, at least from publishers mm. such as EA. Like this yeah. was the game that made them realize not every game needs to be a service game. And mm-hmm. I think this came out around the same time Anthem did. One of these games is still very popular and <laughs> sells a shit ton a lot. Yeah. The other game, eh, it's not. We were talking Anthem, about it so. off mic, and it, it, I just did Michael. You mean to tell me there's still games out there that can make you millions of dollars instead of billions? <laughs> well, what if we for once tried one that made us millions instead of shot into the fucking atmosphere for one that made us billions? <laughs> try, let's make this safe millions bet. <laughs> and they yeah. did. Yeah. And they didn't yeah, get their billions from Battlefronts, but they got, they got their millions from trying something smaller and, um, what would you call it? More intimate. Like, uh, 
I forgot the name of this game. Jedi. Uh, Star Fallen Wars Order. Jedi Fallen Star Order. Order. Yeah. It's, got, it's got a weird name. I got to yeah. say, there's about four names in there. Fallen yeah. yeah. Outcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Um, okay. and one thing that like Dark Souls is known for, I think, that uh, maybe isn't as reflected in uh, the imitators so much as the idea of the way that you discover lore, that instead of just going through cutscenes like you're talking to people, you're finding items throughout the world and like looking at the items and learning about the world from like reading the item descriptions and stuff like that. And uh, Jedi Fallen Order kind of picks that up and runs with it, even though it does have cutscenes. Uh, it it uh, gives you that ability to learn from items. That's all. I wrote it years ago. You touch an object and witness events connected to it. You feel its history. It's in. Echo and the force from the object. Not many Jedi have that skill. Just the ones that need to get lore that way. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a fun oh. game. I, I, I want I want more of this so bad. Yeah, me too. And I, I understand there can't be maybe can't be a second one, but um, it's the best Star Wars game I played in like fifteen fucking years, and. Yeah, I think the the thing they forgot is with these single player games, the way to make more money from them is DLC. Like we all could have used like a good two or three pieces of DLC for this game. I would have bought it. How how Battlefront fucked up? It's just like no DLC, and I I remember people my age were like, "Yay, God, God damn it!" Like, look what we did. Yeah, misinterpreted what we wanted. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) DLC that lets you wear something besides a poncho. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Man, right. there yeah, were some ponchos. pretty cool ponchos. There were some worthless like unlockables cool in here. Ones. Which which tattered rags would you like to wear? Beige or brown? How and about like... soft pink, <laughs> like a coral? Uh, yeah, they had to try, right? They were like, "Well, we gotta gotta have something people can customize." Like, I don't care about my fucking poncho. Who cares? Get it off. I, I think I wore the default one the entire game. I'm like, no, these are ugly. Get them off. Give me one that looks like Clint Eastwood's character from all those spaghetti westerns. I want that poncho. I think you get at least one of those. Um, and and you also get to hang out with uh, with Grease, who's just an endlessly entertaining character. Hey, get your lasers off my lunch. Um, the the ship captain. I I just really like that. Guy. He, he's like the British Albert Brooks, is is how I kind of interpret. It's his Not even British. Yeah. Just uh, oh, just it sounded a little British. An in that irritable one. little alien. Okay, well then he's like Albert Brooks when he was, especially when he was talking about, yeah. you know how tough it is to get stains out of this. And I'm like, yeah. what? You think you could get this up to light speed? It's <laughs> hey Disney, it's cast impossible. Albert Brooks in a Star Wars. <laughs> yes, please. He's amazing. Please do. All right. Well, that has been our top five. Before you go and yell at us about it, remember these lists are subjective, and it's just Definitive. the ones that we've put serious time into. <laughs> Go ahead, yell at us. I agree with this one. Yell at me. All right, thank you. Yell at me. I don't care. It's our list. (laughs) Yell at Michael all you want. None of us care. That's true. None of them do. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that has been our top five. Hope you had fun listening to it. Uh, On that note, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Nobody can do the same. Nobody can do the Can do, 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 do,
get scratching. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 30 2010? Well, the Laser Time Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two over at patreon.com slash laser time. We've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. It is the launch of Bart Simpson versus the Space Mutants. One oh, of man. the worst games I have ever played. Terrible. It's it, it's terrible in a different way because like you get a lot of the YouTube snark over the first level, which is and it was basically just a parody of They Live, yeah. which I didn't understand at the time. I didn't get it all. And once you get past that original level, it's just a shitty, shitty, oh, shitty yeah. side scroller with no gimmick at all. Do we know the story? Is this one of those things where they had a different game and then they just threw a Simpsons skin over it to capitalize on, I, on the fad? Or? I don't think so, but it is the first one from acclaim. But what I do like pointing out is that everything in the game, such as the importance of the space mutants, is all based on season one Simpsons horseshit. Yes, and 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 this this game, like it even puts it on the box because technically, in terms of Simpsons references, McBain hasn't hasn't been mentioned. Bart doesn't have a ton of friends. Lisa has no friends. We don't. We may not even know the name of her teacher. I would say the 18th most famous Simpsons thing, <laughs> the Space Mutants, and uh, this game reflects that. And it's about all you'd have to remember that. It kind of had those like proto Kodos and Kings. Right. That was like they had arms and legs and one eye, and they would show up like at the beginning and when you died. Development uh, obviously started before the second season of The Simpsons because yeah. there's no Kodos and Kane. So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Laser Time shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yeah! And welcome back to our final segment where... Oh, shit. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what do we do? Oh, oh no! Premature ejaculation for Michael Raparez. Intros this week uh, because we've got a lot to talk about. Um, Outriders is probably the biggest release of the past week. Um, I've played a little bit, Chris. We we, we talked a bit at, uh, at the top of the show about your experience with it. That you started it, you hated it, you read that you were doing it wrong, and then you went back, and now you like it. Yeah, I hated it beyond compare, and I, I really don't want to be that guy, because up until Balan Wonderworld, <laughs> I never... I don't think I've ever said I hated a game, a new game on this show. Could it before. be you're playing Balan Wonderworld wrong also? <laughs> yeah, I told you. I told you the whole time. I'm like, this has to be like a frog fractions thing. There's something else underneath this game that is, makes it worth $60, because this fucking sucks. And I was right. And I didn't want to have like another game that I hated, and I'm not saying it's what kept me up, all night and I got up at 2.30 and couldn't get to bed for an hour and I just sort of like alright let me google around and see if I'm playing uh, Outriders wrong and from a google glance a term I like to use oh, I used um, to have one on, of those no I didn't on my phone the all the top Outrider articles are you're playing it wrong it's not mm -hmm. review it's not like uh, everything you need to know tips to play Outrider it's just like stick with this it gets fun and, uh, Matt, I can only compare it to like if you played Destiny and the shooting fell second to the powers of your guardian. 
like you need to constantly be refreshing your powers. Uh, and it is, a, I don't know how it works in multiplayer. When I finally got into a match, cause I hated the single player. I was booted immediately, but I do realize like I had not unlocked my, unlocked my third ability. And if they could see that or knew that, like, yeah, kick me the fuck out. I'm useless to you. Mm-hmm. And the more I play it and the more I, what was frustrating, the more I played it, the more I unlocked stuff. I said that when I told you I quit. Like, it seems like one of those games I will eventually get good at when the games allows me to. Because right now I feel underclassed. I feel like I could pluck ten other characters from better shooters out who would be better in the game Outriders. But then um I had to forget about that awful, awful tutorial that tells you all about cover systems. The cover is not for you. The cover is for AI enemies to avoid you because you are very powerful. So sort of the idea I have... Shit. Uh, we, we both played as Devastators. Mm-hmm. I'm a Pyromancer. Ooh, you man. As a pyros. Devastator, I have the, 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 the three-tiered bottom powers. I, have, I can conjure rocks on my body that make me 60% impenetrable to bullets. Your I tank, can also yeah. create earthquakes, and I can zoom up in the air, get a giant bird's-eye view pick someone on the ground and reform my body as rocks around them to explode everyone on the surface. God damn. And I'm like, that's pretty cool, but like this shooting in here sucks. But what I realized is that it's like, it's like doom. It's, and that's what I don't like about it. Cause it is sort of like you're shooting in a strobe light and getting shot, but it doesn't matter that you're getting shot. You, you, you warned me about health. this. And I, I, yeah. So I, I played the way you told me to, which Again, the tutorial does a miserable job of telling you this. It fails in every way as a tutorial of like, this is how yes. you should play the game. I think because the tutorial's trying to be, here's the story set up and the premise. And for a game of this type, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't need to know any of this shit. Earth, dead, terraform, uh, uh, yeah, anomalies. Yeah. Like, like, okay, fine. But then when I finally, so I'm, I think a little further than Michael got, like, I have two of my three powers. That's probably where you were about to quit, Chris, as the pyromancer. And I'm like, Luckily, you're just like, hey, don't don't use cover. So the loop, it's very doom like. Use my the the way pyromancer works is if I if I light a dude on fire, that marks him, and if I kill him while he's marked with my gun, so the shooting does play into it, I heal myself. And so the yep. loop there is go out of cover, light some dudes on fire, shoot them to heal myself, rinse repeat. Like that's yeah. the formula, and I'm super powerful while I'm doing it because I'm like, yeah, I just I just got healed because I and and I when I say I I become a creature who gets a god's eye view and then forms rocks around other characters that explode them instantly. I gain a ton of health from that. I one of the first three uh what do you call it class unlocks was to slow down my cooldowns on all those powers by a quarter. Okay, you're not. It's not a shooter. Shooting is what you do in between forming rocks around people to make them explode. Right. And yes. like, yeah. And, and, and I have yet to try it in multiplayer because on my Xbox Series X, it's having a rough time handling the visuals and how fast this is in general right now. Xbox One X, right? Not the Series One X. X. Yeah. See, I'm playing on, on base Xbox One. The and that third is one complaint worst Xbox right now I, that it's available I, for. One complaint I have is on the, on the base Xbox One. This game chugs, and there are times where like it will freeze up, and I'm just like, "Oh, am I going to crash this game?" And then Chris just told me some stuff. I'm, I thought it was my system. He's like, "Yeah, you know." And you try to go to the pause menu, it takes like 30 seconds. I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's just not my Xbox almost dying." That that happens. So everything traveling, starting the game, but again, it's it doesn't have the glamour of uh, Destiny. But you know, Destiny. I remember clocking it when it came out, and later on, it to start a game in Destiny takes two minutes. Period. 
it feels like B grade Destiny in some ways, and that's not a knock against the game. Like Destiny <laughs> yeah. is top of the class, like one of the most expensive games ever made. Is no, beautiful. I, I, but is I was amazing. in Destiny. I was in Destiny at launch, and everything took three times as long. Yeah, at launch, yeah, and and, yeah. and it was still good. And so is this because every time I fail, it's like, all right, where can I do something chaotic? And it and it's it feeds into what kind of player I am. I don't want to learn and strategize and hide behind shit. You want to run out and do a field and do the most damage to a giant crowd of people with a with a exploding tank maneuver that is just your body. Now <laughs> it's it was it was splendid. It was hard to come and do the show I, that rarely happens where I'm playing a game we're about to talk about and it's hard to pull myself away because I just figured out how to play it but I've had that's all I'll say to people if you have game pass it is free free asterisk mm, I know sure. people hate it when we say that yeah but um it, it costs you nothing if you have game pass already and uh just your patience what, what would you call it two to three hour tutorial it's like a three hour two uh, two probably two it's it, it's really annoying because it's Everyone's bad. Everything about it is cliched. Uh, I, yeah. I think it's a very pretty game. Maybe on the on the One X on the Xbox One, there are some some stuff I'm straight up like, woof. Like it, it's yeah, a it's, little rough to look at. It, and it's one of those games I wish I had a new console or a PC to play on because I know it would yeah. look. It, it looks very good, and I know it could, I know it could look better. The game does a lot in the beginning. It's like challenging you to keep playing and like it. Like there are some. St- you know, what it reminded me a lot of is another kind of game where you are on an arc going off into spaces. Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, the the amount of time it took before I could really do anything of substance in Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, Outriders has a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Well, the characters had to wait 83 years before they could do anything of substance, and you're complaining about a few hours? <laughs> That's true. <Yeah. laughs> there's, a, there's a giant cryo thing involved here yeah. that I wish I cared about. Hmm. Yes. But it's mildly yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you know, you get put on the back of a truck and you do the Gears of War thing of, ah, look at, we're going through a war zone. Look how crazy shit's happening mm-hmm. around you and stuff. This war's it's... been happening so long. Children were, don't remember being born yeah. without it happening. Oh, I, so I, sad. I did like that, that bit is just like, shut up. I'm an asshole. I'm going to kill the guy next to you. What the hell's your problem? I was just in cryo. Oh, well, let me explain everything let to me you catch before you we execute you. <laughs> he says it in, he says it in an asshole way, but it's hilarious because yeah. it's like let me catch you up like <laughs> yes please do that's all i want is someone to explain what's <laughs> happening to me <laughs> yeah it's um it's one of those games where i'm like i'm glad this is available through game pass to try because i probably to be honest wouldn't have paid 60 dollars for this but being part of game pass having access to 18 million people sitting there a lot of people are playing this. It actually to the point where a big part of the, this game's launch, it was plagued by server issues all weekend. Mm-hmm. And that relates to one of my complaints about this game. And I think it ties into this weird tutorial that we're like, what the fuck was that? This is a game, gentlemen, I propose they did a pivot mid development. And I don't know. I don't have any backstory here. I don't know anyone that worked on this game, but in many ways it feels like, wait, were you trying to make more of a service game? And then saw what happened with like Anthem and went, no, 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 reverse course. Like they've, they're, they went out publicly and they're like, they will never, we won't have microtransactions. Like what you, what you bought is, is the game and what you get. But then there's still like tons of live game alike things about it. Like you can't pause. You have to connect to a server to play, even if it's single player. There's tons of loot and currency that like I've barely found a way to use yet. Mm -hmm. But yeah. 
I'll say between this and Monster Hunter and all the Souls likes that I played to prepare for the top five, I'm getting kind of sick of games that don't let you pause. Like, just yeah. let me yeah, enable yeah. an offline option that lets me pause the freaking oh, game. But you know what the secret to Monster Hunter to pausing is? Suspend. Yeah. Just, just well, no, click there, your home there, button. There is a thing switch. you have to go through the menu and pick up the pause option. But that you uh, will, you will have to do two or three more minutes of stuff. loading in Outriders when that happens. Mm. Cause I, I gotta say, that's always a blessing and a curse unless you're being bothered by your significant other. Hey baby, would you come look at my poem? And I'm being really girly with her now. That's not actually existent. Like, baby, I can't pause. Um, <laughs> let let yeah. me do this for another thirty to forty hours, and I'll come check. Out and the poem. game also does it doesn't do a good job of telling you where it auto saved, so you have yes. that like anxiety. Like, uh, I could yep. shut down my console, but I don't know how much progress I'm. I lose encountered right now. it auto saved, but what it auto saved was that I killed a bunch of guys. So almost like a developer, when I loaded the game again, I just got to run like four and a half miles through a a place I'd already obliterated <laughs> so I could then get to the goal that I had, the, the MacGuffin that I had to touch with my hand. Yeah. Uh, bad example wow. of autosave. Like, why did I have to run through all that again? No enemies. It, it's, it's a weird game that I I almost wonder... This feels like... And I hope I hope this is kind of the case. Honestly, it feels like the end of publishers thinking every game needs to be a live service game like this game almost is like marking the end of that trend like yeah it's it it, it feels halfway between you know it offers a pivot and it i i just this is the last thing i thought about so i'm not gonna be able it, it feels like how the avengers game should have felt a yes. really fluid thing where i get to use powers constantly because you do get to use your powers constantly you shoot and cover in these the one 20th in between all the other stuff you should be doing in this game. Um, it'd be like giving Iron Man a gun. Like as my, as my, as my Unibeam loads up, I will fire an assault weapon to someone's face in those four seconds. But it's probably what the Avengers game should have felt like. Cause I feel very super powered and I am amazingly curious to see what it's like to, to have three people doing this simultaneously. Cause I think that's, is it limited to three person co-op? I can't remember. We're not the we're not the right people to hit, to read a review on this. Thing. I mean, you know, that's that mm. was was on the cover, so I'm assuming it just the three yeah, that's, characters. That, to my knowledge, that's that's what it is. But I I was kicked out of every multiplayer session I tried to start um, because I was too low. But yeah, I'll be really curious. This does feel like a superhero. It's not a shooter. It is a superhero multiplayer game with shooting elements in it, and that's essentially what Avengers should have been. Uh, some <laughs> yeah, something you can instead of shooting, you punch in between your powers loading. Sure, <laughs> everyone punches. We know how good Hawkeye is at punching. Mm-hmm. Confirmed, um, it's a one to three player at yeah, any given time. So, but very Destiny like of them. Very. Destiny-like. I know no one's waiting to for 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 my review to play a game, but like I found this to be very interesting. It's incredibly not done. But neither was Destiny when it started, and um, I found the hook. I found the loop. I got sucked in. Uh, I didn't think it'd be a game for me because it is very, very brown. And <laughs> well, it doesn't start out that way. Like that that world when you e- e- epoch, I think, is the name of the planet you go Enoch. to. It's, I know that because the name of the doctor who gave birth to me. Okay, uh, Enoch. Okay, it's a, it's a and the, the character from Boardwalk Empire. If you're yeah, if you're yeah. a fan of being it's bored, a, yes, it's a bit totally nutty. Yeah, it's very mm. colorful when you first get there, and uh, stuff quickly goes to hell. So, yeah, I, I liked Outriders a lot, but I'm I'm curious. Like when you call it unfinished, I'm like, well, if they're not selling DLC microtransactions, how are they going to pay for that 
future. Uh, oh, content. sorry, that's what I had written. I, I didn't call it un- want to call it unfinished. It's just you're never going to see what how this game performs outside of a live retail setting, and that's where we are right now. I don't know if I got Destiny for free, would I have put as much time in, into the beginning as I did? Because it was very frustrating, and a mm-hmm. lot of stuff did not work. Whereas I get this on Game Pass, I was willing to write it off in like 45 minutes. It was only trying to be better at the show, trying to be more professional, which I honestly care very little about. But uh, b- <laughs> but only trying to be slightly more professional in the sh- to do the show that I put more time into it, and I'm glad I did because I have a different message about the game to deliver to you. But but do you see what I'm saying? Like it, when we get games for free, and there's a there's a four hour hook that you got to get through. Do you think people are going to put up with that? Uh, probably I mean, not. Probably you were not. playing Narita Boy, like a, a new game that came out. It looks like two D Tron game finally, and kind of yeah, similar premise. Mm-hmm. Um. So gameplay wise, it's just fine. Like there's there's nothing here that to, that I'm like, oh my god, that combat's groundbreaking and amazing and new. Um, but the aesthetic wise, like if you want to play Narita Boy, you're playing for the aesthetic and and the kind of retro vibes. It's very much a synth wave game, is how mm-hmm. I, I guess I would describe it. The synth wave pixel game. Um, very, you know, everything in here is 80s to the point even like your autosave is a cassette tape rolling. Um, I'm compelled to keep playing it because the story and the setup is kind of cool. It's, it's, it's very Tron where you're like, you're this kid playing a game and your mom's like, got a bad. I can't, you can't be glued to a screen all day. And then like you get sucked into your, it looks like a Mac. Uh, and, and you are now the hero of this world who has to go rescue the memories of, I guess I can, the only way you can interpret it is like the guy who wrote this world, the programmer. You, you're, you're having to rescue his memories. And it kind of takes you through these memories that are his life. It's like the story of his life. He was like born in Narita, Japan, and like telling that story. And and it, um, I, I don't. And he kind of looks like the the main protagonist of Disco Elysium, the guy that you're like reliving his <laughs> memories and stuff. Right. But it's a, uh, it's just again like aesthetic wise, like the soundtrack is amazing. The look of it is really cool. Um, gameplay wise, though, it's fine. Like it's a pretty simplistic. Uh, I hesitate to even call it a Metroidvania. It's just like, oh yeah, you might have to do some light puzzle solving to figure out how to get from one area to the next. Um, but I, I'm digging the vibe of this game. Like, it's very much a game I'm going to vibe on and play. Oh, okay. And my understanding is it is only like cool. eight or nine hours total to finish it. So minimal oh, investment awesome. there. So and it's on Game Pass. So why not? And I only did a immaculate segue into Narita Boy. Just that was great. To, I loved it. Just just as like um. If if I'd have paid for Outriders, I would have put more time into it because I got it for no extra cost. I would I wrote it off faster, and I feel like that does happen more with Game Pass games. And I even saw like a couple of press outlets like, "Don't throw this game away yet. It takes a while to figure out what's going on in it." Yeah. And someone even said, "It's a marker I barely passed, but get your first blue piece of armor. You're legendary, or whatever, whatever the fuck they classify." Sure. Blue. It's a. It works almost just like Destiny. So. Until you figure out your first blue piece of armor or weapon, um, but I, yeah, I, I'm not sure if I recommend it yet, just because I forget what headline was like. Uh, yeah, Outriders is the new game that wants to be your hobby instead of something you play, <laughs> right? And, like your full time right. hobby, and like I'm not ready for that. But I told you guys I am down for a mindless, competent shooter 
and this looks like it. <laughs> it looks yeah. it looks kind of fun as long as you can skip cutscenes, which you always can. You can. Oh, my you character can. is but so lame. I didn't lame. want to. I wanted to know kind of what was going on, but nope. sometimes like the the acting and stuff, I'm like, maybe I should have skipped that. Like it's it's trying really hard, but you're like, what the fuck is what? Like how do they? I, I was making fun earlier, like. The way my character yells, even it's it's like the Rambo look. It is the weirdest. <laughs> customize all yell. that. I did I a random know. customization, so I have this adorable mushroom tuft of gray hair on a rock Maui type body from Moana. I made my guy look like the lead from Ice Pirates. If you remember that old oh, movie. Oh fuck yeah, I remember Ice Pirates. The movie rules. <laughs> <It was laughs> awesome. yeah. Um I just realized every game on our list this week is a subscription service game. Uh Damn. because Oddworld Soulstorm. Only only in the sense that if you have a PS5 and PlayStation yeah. Plus, it is free. I was I was surprised to find out that it's PlayStation Plus only on PS5 that if you want it for PS4, you have to buy it. Ditto for PC, obviously. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oddworld Soulstorm is a much like Oddworld, new and tasty, or fresh and tasty, whatever it was called. The the remake that came out a few years ago. Right. Uh, it is a reimagining of the original Oddworld sequel, Abe's Exodus. Oh, it is. I didn't even yeah. know that about it. It, okay. it is, and uh, so, but it's it's a bit more actiony than I remember that game being. Like we're in the first level, like. Uh, oh no, uh, the corporation's attacking our uh, wooden settlement and everything's on fire, and so you have to run across all these burning no, uh, no. structures. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's some stuff about how, like, Abe refuses to cut. I, I, I don't remember if it was in the original or not, but, like, Abe refuses to cut the laces off of his face because, like, oh, they're all I have to remember her by. Like, no, you have to find your voice and lead the Mudokins. And it's uh you know if you want more odd world it's 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 a lot of fun um you know platforming puzzle solving light action okay. and it's it's kind and of farts yeah farts I I'm, I haven't actually found the fart button I I did <laughs> what I I, I forgot so cool. it was there I forgot it was there but I just because you know I'm still in the tutorial phase so I'm just like. All right. Well, it tells me what the button does, and then I. But Michael, using the button. haptic fart feedback, dude. You I gotta know. find the fart button. I did. I did find like there's the the chant button wow. that, uh, but uh. like you hold down, I think L two, and there is like some haptic feedback there where it's just like, oh, that it kind of crunches in. Oh yeah, nice you got You got to go from do. your diaphragm when you chant, Michael. Mm-hmm. You can't just yeah, be yeah. going throat. You know. I, I need to go down to Planned Parenthood and get a new diaphragm. But yeah, it's it's fun. Well, Life was just like, ugh. I didn't, I didn't get very far in it. I did have a lot on my plate this week. But. Chris Chris exclusively uses the sponge. This mm, is yeah. his birth control method Oops. of choice, apparently. Uh, uh, hey, I am sponge worthy. Hear me roar. Pac Man ninety nine. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to play, and I could not. Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know what the mm-hmm. fuck's going on. Oh, sorry, not Pat Man 99. That's the Switch one, right? That's the Switch Online one that you get included with your Switch Online service. It is a Battle Royale Pac-Man game. So Tetris 99, very clear to me what's happening. It's like, oh yeah, it's Tetris multiplayer. They're throwing blocks at me. I'm throwing blocks at them. Got it. Mario 99, which is dead now, RIP yeah. Mario. Um, is is Mario 35? <laughs> That was the that was the one where I'm like, oh, I guess we're all going through the world, and whoever makes it furthest got it. Pac-Man 99 is a little tougher to understand. Like, okay, how am what I'm doing? How is what I'm it's doing awesome. affecting them? And I think what I'm figuring out is is just every time I eat a ghost, it throws Pac-Man on their playfield. 
And the Pac-Men don't kill you at first, although the red ones do. They just slow you down. Slow you down. Mm-hmm. And to the point where, like, if enough people are attacking you, it's like being attacked by the little mini Stay Puft Marshmallow Mans that Paul Rudd was fighting in that clip. Like, they just hold on to you and <laughs> slow Pac-Man down enough. I, I know a lot's going to be made about the mini Stay Puft, but I want to just remind people, in that trailer, Paul Rudd says out loud, mm, blue velvet ice cream. Like, that's hilarious. He gets David Lynch flavored, <laughs> some weird David Lynch flavor of Ben and Jerry's. He oh, says one of my favorite flavors, cream. though, and it is a fun word to say. Say it with me. Jamoka. <laughs> Uh, and somebody pointed out this is the second time he's been shilling for Baskin Robbins in a movie. Man. That was like I a that's <laughs> point in Ant-Man. <laughs> really? He Ant-Man, did work yeah. in one. Yeah, With Neil Hamburger. <laughs> but one of the cool things about this game is it does incorporate the championship edition stuff of like, there's like a little line of these mini ghosts where if you eat them, it adds the train of ghosts to one of the ghosts. And then when you eat that train, it does the same thing championship edition does where it like feels like it's building up, like you're eating a line of ghosts and it's throwing those ghosts on someone's play field. So yeah, I've only played like old three games, look, but like adopts champion, uh, championship edition gameplay and yeah. then adds another multiplayer battle royale hook i'm very excited but but on like a traditional pac-man map like the original map i've i've only played like three or four matches i got the highest i got was like 18th place which felt like okay cool i can get way better than than that at this quick mat note that night i got first place and several second and third place finishes suck it ghosts that's what i had written down that i believed if you finished I said that to you guys, and it was a hard thing to admit. I would rather play Pac-Man than the, the original Super Mario Brothers. I don't know about that. Sorry. It's only because that was my first game. It was my first game, not, too. <laughs> not only was it my first game in my house, it was the only game I had for a real long time, so there's a lot of hostage scenario kind of crap. That like, I don't ever want to fucking play this thing again after like eight months of nothing but Mario. But more than that, like I think this offers more advantage. Uh-huh. The Mario 35 Battle Royale, like you, it was really hard to actually affect the gameplay of somebody else. You kind of had to yeah. wait and see if you were the last one standing. Whereas this looks like you have to be really fucking good to win this. Uh-huh. Really fucking good at Pac-Man. Because like the shit that they throw in your face, like not in addition to more ghosts, like the, uh, the Pac-Man slowing the, the other ghost Pac-Man slowing you down yeah. that chase you faster. That looks ridiculous. I cannot wait. To, I did not know this came out. And then today. late in the game, it introduces red ones where they're like ghosts. If you hit them, you're just oh, dead. And the fruit, what's really cool is it, it gives the fruit a purpose. That's how you oh. refresh your power pellets on the field. So, like, if you eat oh, a fruit, awesome. it'll add the, the power pellets again so that you can go eat more ghosts. So there's some strategery but there. what like, about my points? <laughs> well, there, there's, like, a strategy of, like, do I need to wait and then activate my pellets and then go eat ghosts to, like, throw them at opponents? It's got the same thing Tetris 99 had of, like, flick your right stick and that'll choose the type of person you're attacking. Is it the people who are attacking you? Is it just random? That You know, there's... There's going to be some strategy that people are figuring out here, and it's really early. It's the first day. It's been out. Yeah. And, and it has, like, paid content that's, like, you can play as Galaga or Dig Dug. That is my one sort of complaint is, like, <laughs> so I remember, like, Tetris 99 eventually had DLC that you paid for, but right off, you know, out of the gate, it was like, ah, oh, this is free. Pac-Man 99 is, like, 
day one, I go over like, oh, there's a single player mode where I can practice. Great. I want to do that. It fucking was like, kicks me to the eShop. It's like, give us 30 bucks. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm like, I just, just wanted to play the different mode, you know? So they, they pack, get chomped. What are you going to do? <laughs> they they figured it out. I think like, yeah, this is, this is work for Tetris. Let's do this day one, but you can, the, the core experience, the battle royale mode is free or with your Nintendo online subscription. So, um, a thumbs up from old Matty Al. I give it uh, two nice. packs up in nice, a pack nice. formation. Oh, another thing what you were saying about the Pac-Man, you know, being hard. I think that this being harder than some of the other ones. Like, you know, you were saying the Super Mario versus Pac-Man. But I'd say Pac-Man has always been harder. So that's, oh, yeah. that's a good feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pac-Man's kind of hard if you want to get down to it. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and just that, like, I can pick up and play a, a little. And I do. I play more Pac-Man than I would ever consider the first Super Mario Brothers. Uh-huh. It's just the game I played the most. I would never load it up to play it for fun yeah. ever again. <laughs> I can't so imagine. So Pac-Man, man, there's, there's, there might be a top five in here somewhere. It's one of those games that is now at this point had several multiplayer variations, each one different from the other. I'm old enough to have played, remember the GameCube game that you, you connected with a DS oh, yeah. and one person was Pac-Man the and the other guys were ghosts and, oh, I love that so much. There's that weird arcade Pac-Man battle royale cabinet yeah. that's it's like- awesome. And then there's this. It's awesome. Like, it's like how, I love Pac-Man. how creative people can be with fucking Pac-Man, dude. Yeah. It's and so there's cool. Pac-Picks, the game that made me fall in love with the DS the first time I ever held one at E3 oh, because it, that's, that's the game where it's just like, draw a Pac-Man- and direct him with the stylus and, and make yeah. him eat the ghosts. There you go. Yeah. Man, cool. so yeah. This giant purple boner chasing ghosts around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so go get your $20 worth for your Nintendo Online subscription. It's worth it. There yeah. you go. Uh, speaking of subscriptions, I did want to talk briefly about a couple of Apple Arcade games that came out in the past week. Uh, World of Demons and Fantasian are both really good. I haven't played very much of them, but what I have played is very impressive. Uh, World of Demons is by Platinum Games. It is a hack and slasher that looks like Okami. Both of these are playable with a controller, I should say. Like, you can just Bluetooth your PS4 controller or whatever, uh, Xbox, and and play like that. Or you can play with a touchscreen, and Fantasian is a very conscious throwback by Mistwalker Studios to the PlayStation era Final Fantasy games where, you know, it it looks like Final Fantasy 7 or 8 where your character is walking through pre-rendered backgrounds. One of the cool things is that the backgrounds look like a diorama someone built, like, and and photographed and it it just, everything looks super pretty, but it also looks like a little toy that you're walking around in and it's it's really neat. Uh, They both look great. They're both a lot of fun to play. They're both getting really well reviewed. Um, if you've got Apple Arcade, check those out. Well, that that was my that was my question. I, there was a Pac-Man exclusive game to Apple Arcade. Was there? And, and only because I'm so terrified. Like every time I like load up one of my albums in Apple Music, it's like, would you like to subscribe to Apple Music? Like I thought I was using Apple Music. I don't want to pay for your stupid service. And uh, I, I went to go get this Pac-Man game, and it's just like, I'm like, click download. And it's like, so you want to get Apple Arcade? Like, no. No, I don't. I want. Are there exclusive games to Apple Arcade? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, Actually, totally I think all of the arcade That's games are works. exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like, you have and, to be and a subscriber. I, they're exclusive yeah, to mobile, yes. Mm-hmm. Exclusive to mobile. So I wanted to get the... There's a... 
Pac-Man game from a few weeks ago that I wanted to get that looked really good and was getting good reviews. Mm-hmm. And now I have to wonder, do I need to get... Do I need to cancel my Paramount Plus amount? Why do I keep giving them free advertising just because I want to make fun of their slogan? The, the beauty of, of Arcade, though, is it's kind of no commitment. <laughs> it's You can cancel after one month if you want. Just try out I the know, games you it's want not that much. Just trying to pare stuff down and be responsible. And I always... There's some... Am I nuts? There's something about, like, I feel if a mobile game really sucks me in and I play it for a long time, I feel worse about it than if I'm playing a console game. Because my beautiful television and my couch are involved, and those all cost eh, way the, more I, than I my... I play my Switch in handheld mode most of the time, so eh. I, whatever. Oh, I hate you so I, by much, the way, but I do too. There is someone mm. yelling at their iPod or phone, probably. Uh, uh, by the Michael, you said Fantasian is like Final Fantasy. That would be because the person behind it is Hironobu yeah. Sakaguchi. Hironobu Sakaguchi, who founded yeah. Mistwalker Studios after leaving Square. Yeah, um, yes. But yes, it, it is the, you know... I, it's I, the Final forget, Fantasy guy. <laughs> did he create Final Fantasy, or did he come in later and just work on some of the, the, the games? I always forget. It's like, is this a Miyamoto situation or an Iga situation? Um, I don't remember, but, but I know he's he's one yeah. of the forefathers of Final Fantasy. But so. but they are really good, and one of the neat things I didn't say, World of Demons. So it it's like you're this guy named Onimaru who you're fighting. You you want to track down the the Oni King, uh, Shuten Doji, who's ruined both the worlds of humans and of yokai, who are like these Japanese uh, goblin spirit creatures. And uh, you checks will... Yokai Watch. I was going to say yeah. you act like Yokai Watch wasn't the hugest game in the world to us. All right, so uh, all Americans know what Yokai are. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, as you're like, it's it's these like big open linear levels, and it does sort of like the Okami thing of like, okay, here's like this uh, this purple flame, and if I approach it, then the monsters will spawn in, and I'll be stuck in an arena. And uh, the first time that you fight a monster, after you defeat them, you can recruit them. And what that does is, like, so, so if you're playing on a controller, then, like, uh, the X button on a PS4 controller is your attack, and R2 is, like, a dodge or a jump. And then the other buttons are all mapped to, like, the different monsters that you find. So if you get, like, a Kappa, you can summon the Kappa, and it'll, like, summon a wave to to uh, make your just sort of sh- launch your opponents into the air and then you jump up and you do like the devil may cry midair slashing uh, you can summon a, a, a comma something it's like a scythe weasel and <laughs> it'll do like these little whirlwinds around you and uh, it, it's it's cool stuff like that and uh, there's like a bunch of secrets to find in the various do, do, levels do you think Apple Arcade is worth just trying out? yeah I think yes. you got a free month I can't say more but yes it's like it said, there's like a gazillion games on it there. You can cancel it in a month. Yeah, try it out. Mm-hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. Mm-hmm. I did want that Pac-Man game. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> These are pretty good. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of ignored it for a while, to be honest, but these, like, seeing these talked about on social media drew me back in immediately. Like, okay, I saw well, pictures. They looked back a, a, incredible. Yeah. The diorama game in particular, like, there's a weird thing where it's not the only one of those out there. Like, there's a weird trend of, like, diorama games, and I'm like, I'm here for uh, it. Ah, diorama-rama. Yeah. That's, there you go. Um, <laughs> and, and there it is. like, to, to the point where, like, okay, there's, there's conscious self-homage, and then there's, like, the beginning of this game almost echoes the beginning of Final Fantasy VII, where, like, your character 
wakes up with amnesia after attacking the Thaumatech factory, and oh. you have to run from a bunch of big robots. And, uh, and along the way, you'll find Phoenix feathers you can use to revive your teammates. Uh, yeah, it's like, okay, this is very, like, this This skirts very close to classic Final Fantasy. Which I wish I would have known, honest to God, I was, like, in my 30s when I realized, oh, Phoenix down, yeah. that's why it's a feather, mm -hmm. down feather, got like, it. Down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to, like, be an adult and actually buy, like, down pillows for mm -hmm. that one to click, mm -hmm. and you go, oh, yeah, it took, oh. It took me about 27 years, and then I, oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know every time I wanted to revive a partner, I wasn't taking down a phoenix. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, confirm, Sakaguchi, he is known as the creator of Final Fantasy. Oh, okay. yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a sweet mustache. He so. does. He does have a sweet mustache. Um <laughs> And uh, Lost Odyssey, I've heard, was pretty good, but um, had a, had a I really have cool it. commercial. How I, would they let us know? Is that the one that was on Xbox, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I got. I, I, I haven't. I have yet to play it. Yeah. Yeah. I got it for free. Someone's like, hey, this thing's free. You should go get it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to grab it. Yeah, do that. Uh, in the it's meantime, the we should move on to... You know, Chris and Michael, some people might refer to this as Oscar season, so it's only appropriate that we would transition into our VGA Hollywood segment! The Amazing Randy! Pitchford, uh, confirmed. <laughs> how, how has no one Randy glossed Pitchford. in the Amazing Randy yet? Like it's uh. Uh, Randy Pitchford oh, confirmed that the Borderlands movie and game universes are different things. They're not the same. <gasps> they seem really yeah. different. This is why we can have Kevin Hart as a grizzled veteran soldier guy, apparently. Um... <laughs> this was in response to uh, Lionsgate released an, an official synopsis of the movie. So, if you will, I'd like I'd like to read that for you. Uh, Two-time Academy Award winner Kate Blanchett. Boy, they got a lead with Kate Blanchett as herself. Teams, <laughs> teams up with Kate, Kevin Hart <laughs> right. and director Eli Roth's Borderlands. Lil uh, Lilith, an infamous outlaw with a mysterious past, reluctantly returns to her home planet of Pandora to find the missing daughter of the universe's most powerful SOB, Atlas. Uh, Lilith forms an alliance with an unexpected team, Roland, uh, who's played by Kevin Hart, a former elite mercenary now desperate for redemption, Tiny Tina, a feral preteen demolitionist, and Krieg, uh, Tina's muscle-bound, rhetorically challenged protector, Tannis, the scientist with a tenuous grip on sanity, and Claptrap, um, a persistently wise-ass robot. These unlikely Jack heroes. This is that is Jack Black. Uh, Tannis yeah. is Jamie Lee Curtis. These unlikely heroes must battle alien monsters and dangerous bandits to find and protect the missing girl who may hold the key to unimaginable power. The fate of the universe could be in their hands, but they'll be fighting for something more. Each other. Based on the game from Gearbox and 2K, one of the best-selling video game franchises of all time, welcome to Borderlands. Man, that cast! Holy crap! Well, so what's missing is uh, I, yeah, I only Borderlands fan. Tannis was played by Tannis from Letterkenny. Well, what, <laughs> what, what if you're a Borderlands fan? You might go, "Hey, uh, where's the vault?" 
I didn't hear anything about yeah. his vault, and you'd yeah. be right. Uh, I didn't Jack? hear anything about Handsome Jack. Uh, you'd be right. I have a theory about that, by the by the way. Who was the the villain in the first game? I never got very far on that. Uh, well, the the first game is more just go find the vault, uh, and, and then there's you. a it, which is a bait and switch, and there's like a giant alien monster thing, kind of like right. the alien at the end of Watchmen. Um, yeah, it's not the same. Uh, and this game kind of, or this movie is blending plot points from one and two. Although sure. my theory though, and, and Atlas in the games is like a corporation uh, that you don't ever really see the founder. In this movie, he's like the guy that you're trying to find his daughter. My theory though is, if it's like Borderlands 1, that's a bait and switch thing where he's sending you off to go after this MacGuffin of his missing daughter. And really, he's probably trying to make you find a vault and that might end up being Handsome Jack. Yeah. That would be awesome, so it probably won't happen. Um, also, like, Kate Blanchett as Lilith, that's, to me, that seems like weird casting, and I kind of wonder, it's yeah. like, is is there a thing now, like, since Fury Road, like, acting powerhouses who are elfin blondes need their own post-apocalypse desert movie? I guess so. Like, I guess so. Also, no no mention of Mad Moxie, by the way. Mm, uh, Mad Moxie. That seems like an oversight. So, yes. I don't know. We've talked about this movie a lot. Gearbox is is involved, so I'm I'm at least hopeful we don't have a monster hunter situation on our hands. Oh God! Yeah. But man, whenever I hear like, "Oh, they're two separate universes," because that is a Hollywood Hollywood ass summary right there. Like, go find. I can't this believe all those people and... would sign on if it were like a monster hunter situation. It's got to be the script has to be somewhat good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Like, we'll if Kevin Hart and Jack Black are there, I figure it has to be at least as good as that Jumanji movie, which was pretty good. Which was it was pretty good. Sure. Yeah. 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 I didn't expect I it know. to be, but it was. They're not paying rock money, though. They didn't no, get the rock true. for this that's one. That's true. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't Kate know. Blanchett. I can't imagine. Uh, yeah, I want to see the rock as a brick. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes, totally. Well, there's there's other vault hunters like where, where's Mordecai? They're, mm-hmm. they're 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 missing. They're just not listed here. So who knows if they have yet to announce them or they're just not there? I don't know. But you know what is there? If you're a Game Pass subscriber, um, the cloud games and Microsoft just added touch support for a bunch of those games, uh, including Slay the Spire, excellent game, Sea of Thieves, Spiritfarer, Gears Five, Tell Me Why, Desperados Three, Dead Cells. Donut County, Dragon Quest Eleven. Oh my god. Um some of those games probably more apt uh, to work with touchscreen touch controls than others. Okay. Uh, Donut <laughs> County. Can we talk about this for a second? I just finished that on Expo on uh, um, Game Pass. Yes. It's pretty awesome. good on a console. It was originally a mobile game with touch yes. controls. So, so touch game. touch controls totally fine. Slay the Sp- Slay the Spire. Touch controls would totally work. It's a card game, right? See um, these, man. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I'm glad they're doing this because the other solution is to connect a Bluetooth controller to an Android <laughs> device. But like, we're all still at home. Like, why would it? Well, but this is this is like Xbox basically again making making these games playable anywhere and they don't care. And it's like, yeah, we have this library of games. Go fucking play these where and how you want. And it's amazing, and I love it. But it's also not the only thing coming to Game Pass. This is a biggie. Uh, MLB The Show 21 is coming day and day at release on 420. Nice. Uh, (laughs) 
this this all this is like one of those things of like the old generation is dead. It is officially dead. So, Sports games used to dominate the sales charts on uh, for every video game console. So much so that Sony developed its own baseball game. Yes. And and then what was that like two years ago? They're like, fuck this. We need to sell more of these games. This license is expensive. We're going to put this on other platforms. I, I did read that that was an MLB decision, not a Sony decision. Oh, was it? Yeah. No, this is the first time that MLB The Show is on. Oh, because there, there wasn't platform. another MLB game. Right. Like, it was it was an exclusive game. And so this is the first time in a long time Xbox players have been able to play. The fact that it's day and date is huge. The fact that it's on Game Pass is huge. It's, it's insane. It's also cross-platform playable and cross-save. So technically you could play from X, PS4 to Xbox One to PS5 to Xbox Series X. All of that shit. On your Android or until it comes to mobile. That's But it was weirding. Crazy. So the other thing that's weird about this, though, it not only was it like, oh, this is a Sony exclusive. It was a Sony developer that makes yeah. these games. It's San Diego Studio. To the point yeah. where Sony actually had to issue a clarifying statement of how this is possible. Which is them basically being like, hey, don't expect this to happen with other games in the future. But their statement was, as part of the goal for this year's game... MLB decided to bring the franchise to more players and baseball fans. Um, this decision provides a unique opportunity to further establish MLB The Show as the premier brand for baseball video games. The um, premier brand, please. Before we not renew this license again. <laughs> so the way it's been explained, I've seen online, is technically MLB is the publisher of these games, not Sony. Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, which is so weird, like, to think of, like, MLB, which is the Major League Baseball organization, like, they're not a game publisher, but I guess they publish these games, so it was their call, but I really want to know what the deal looks like, because, like, the developer is owned by Sony, so technically that means Sony is somehow getting some money for this game being on Xbox and included with, uh, Game Pass, you know, so... Their publishing partners maybe has a little more power than them is also weird as well. What this does to me is it like opens the door. Like it's an experiment and it's also an experiment where Sony gets to be like, Hey, this wasn't us. This was MLB. But mm -hmm. if it makes them enough money, this, this is like Sony going, all right, like we could, we could put, all right, you all right. Horizon. Yeah. Negative we'll put horizon dawn. zero dawn on new well, dawn on negative on one. You don't get zero done. That's the new one. Right. I, I think uh, I think this could, if it proves successful, this could open the door to that happening, and then we're just in total. It's cats and dogs living together, total anarchy. I it's 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 a, a form of chaos. I'm excited about. Yes, I really am. Yes. What is a console? Because what is a generation? Yeah, you have you have basically Nintendo will be the last one playing this game, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that'll be it. They will never change. It, well, I'd never say never. They went on mobile. So. Yeah, the game they'll, that they change, invented, but basically, with all this generational console stuff. They will be two. Yeah. They'll be two generations behind, but they'll change. <laughs> yeah, sure. They'll wait for someone else to prove it. You can make a lot of they'll money change. on it. You can get it. Mario sixty four on Game Pass, but no other Mario Kart. You fucking look <laughs> i'm just waiting you for sega to get back it. in the hardware game baby the success of yakuza has proven the people are demanding sega release a console i'm just saying uh, i suppose no no don't agree with that that is an awful take no in, 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 a, in a game pass environment yakuza is thriving the same way that like steven van zandt of finland mafia drama like in the first the first era of Netflix streamings <laughs> like thrived. 
I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Like the the first step is always like these people bringing their games to PC, right? And we're seeing mm-hmm. that like even like Square did that with Kingdom Hearts now, and it's like, oh shit, this is gonna make a lot of money for uh, us. Three years later. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. But then what'll happen is they'll go day and date, you know. So like which which happened with Yakuza, like I was. I was shocked. I was surprised. I was like, well, I own Yakuza Like a Dragon. Oh, shit. Because of, of you know, the smart delivery, I could play that in a way better resolution and better specs and stuff on a PC right now. I don't need to wait for a Series X. And I downloaded it on my PC. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I totally forgot this was a, a thing, you know? So, I don't know. I love this. I love this confusing world. Uh, even more confusing. E3 is sort of back. <laughs> Sort of. What? E3 back on the menu, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Michael. How does God, there's know like what three or four work references this show already. I love it. <laughs> right. uh, E3 2021 <laughs> is digital only, baby. Um, still no Sony, though. Uh, but Nintendo's there. As is Microsoft. ESA, the ESA, the, the folks who, who put on E3, they sent a plan to their members, which are publishers. Uh, and it was kind of outlining the the way they want E3 to happen this year. Um, They were saying this is how it could probably work. Publishers, again, have to sign off on this, but this was leaked. Uh, They're planning on having multiple two-hour keynote sessions from game partners in award show, uh, June 14th preview night, and small streams from game publishers, influencers, and partners. And then uh, the broadcast event... Uh, would have like a major a media preview week so just like e3 used to have where it's like fly people out to la but in this case demos would be released um and i think they're talking about like the preview week would happen sort of digitally where it's like here get access to this demo and play it and then write your preview uh and then they're playing they're going to make it possible for partner companies to remotely stream playable game demos to the media across thousands of scheduled meetings alongside one-on-one assistance from devs. So that's what I'm talking about. Like they're they're figuring out how to do what E3 did, which is hey press member come play this thing uh in a digital way that is safe obviously with COVID. Um I don't know, like I wanted to throw it out here and open this up to conversation cuz it's like last year I kind of felt like I was a little bummed that like E3 ended up getting stretched over the entire summer into mm. all these smaller events. Yep. And I ended up missing, and we talked about this in the show, I missed like the feeling of having yeah, the big too. announcement week, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I feel like this at least is a plan to, to give us that, you know? But I, I get, I do get the feeling that like, um, we didn't get that big week, but a bunch of smaller developers really liked it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, even like AAA developers with smaller titles really liked it. Not having to develop, you guys work in, you guys all of in some capacity worked in the games industry and getting your E3 demo ready fucking sucks. Sometimes for some companies it's a million, multi million dollar endeavor yeah. that that can fuck you uh, if if you can't deliver that kind of polish in your final game. So I I want E3 back, but I don't know why developers would. Um, I think more opportunities to have people watching a stream of announcements. I don't see how that's not going to be beneficial. It's it's all about like what the fans decide they want. Because me personally, like I have never not tuned into an E3 until like the last two years. And hmm. uh, yeah, but I missed a couple streams too. Right. The Sony press conference in particular was like somewhat anger inducing. But I I know they're like they backed out of E3 and they're 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 
announcing their slate. It's not all for me. I understand that. But E3 was supposed to be this extravaganza of uh, all of gaming. Man, mm. uh, sorry. I don't know what I'm saying. I just... No, I, 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 I do. think... I think the thing that we sometimes forget about E3 is is endemic press or games press that they'll cover all those smaller streams and stuff. But what was missing last year was like the thing that the mainstream press can know. Like, okay, we got to we got to send our CNN reporter for this week. We got to make sure that they pay attention this week and talk about it this week. Um, and I think that's what hopefully we'll get. I think that's what again. a lot of like AAA publishers really wanted was like, when does Fox News cover us? Not to just throw them out there, but like. CNN, yeah. the mainstream press cover game. Just imagine Tucker Carlson's confused face at, uh, at many of these game announcements. So there's no DLC and there's no microtransactions. Huh. Huh. But what, what makes it a JRPG? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what does J really mean? <laughs> Are you a J? You like J's. I mean, Tucker, you remember that leak. You were there. You were there at the dinner with me, Tucker. <laughs> I don't remember that leak or what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I don't know. Michael, Michael, Leif, any, any thoughts about E3 digital coming back and is it good? Is it bad? What do you think? Yes. Yeah. All right. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Blanket. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting, uh, to see how this shapes up from, from the other side. Uh, but I, I'm, you know, as, as a consumer, like I'm, a little bit optimistic about it just because like, yeah, it is kind of cool to just have like one event to focus on. Um, in terms of the, the old digital approach, um, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out for, for coverage, especially for, uh, smaller publishers that, you know, I, I think one of the things with E3 being a physical thing is that you had, you know, journalists and other people could just like walk around and see stuff. Although, Let's be real. It's been getting smaller and smaller and smaller every yes. year. You no longer have Kentia yeah. Hall, which like somebody might stumble down there and find something wonderful and strange. That's that's where my gaming basement stepped in to really cover yeah. everything that slipped <laughs> through the cracks. Sorry. That's here's what would excite me, and yet I would dread it as a as a games media person. Is you guys all remember like a big part of E3 was like frantically running from one appointment to the next. Yes. Um, so. Everything being digital means none of that. There's none of that downtime between appointments, but it also theoretically means your boss can throw more appointments at you to be yeah. like, all right, you're booked solid for 12 hours that day. And you also have to write an impressions piece on every single one of those I, I think, things. You know, I, I have to imagine, and I, I'm sad that I don't know about this because the only people who still do this job are too young for me to talk to, mm -hmm. but the people who write previews, um, the people who write previews are basically being pushed out of a job because I remember getting all this data when I worked at a publisher, the idea that like, if you can push preview people out of the equation and be the only outlet for coverage of your game before it's out, that's ideal for yeah. a publisher. And, hmm. and if the, it, it worked really well for, I think, I don't know. Like again, everybody kind of staggered their releases. So like no one really benefited from the pandemic. I don't think, but like, uh, Streaming only would benefit publishers more than it would benefit voices. Yes, who I agree. Yeah, distill games. Mm. I will say something. You know, now being out of games media, where I'm in a job that's not really tied to it in any way. You know, it's easier when you have something like uh, E3 
to me, it's like, oh, this is going to be the week they're going to talk about games. You know, if the other way that it's been, it's like, uh, you know, it's okay. Oh, there's, oh, there's Diablo four coming. I mean, that's not Blizzard's not even part of that, but yeah, it's like, I'm not, you know, really into that, but it's nice that, okay, this is something to look forward to. I'll get all this information in one big go and this isn't going to affect my you know schedule and, and that's much. what i'm talking about is like the yeah. the 40 year old dad who's like doesn't have time to pay attention throughout the year to know like oh sony's doing a press conference on a wednesday at 2 p.m like yep. he at least will will kind of keep an eye on news outlets during that week that he knows e3 is happening like okay I'm middle too busy of watching an ascii version of an untelevised sports game <laughs> <laughs> I no time for e3 <laughs> what is that dad neo he can just read ask you, like, that dad like, is too savvy to be made fun of like he's really <laughs> oh you're oh you're talking to baseball dad yeah i gotcha i gotcha all right um but you're also but yeah. totally right about the previews being important because you know a lot of them you know that that's always been one of the, the controversies about this and it was like you know oh this didn't look anything like the trailer oh this is very different than the trailer and stuff mm -hmm. and having that type of perspective is really helpful. Yeah, for even that. even having like outlets on the floor give awards to things for yeah. actually playing them rather than the thing you were shown on a live stream, which will, is what this is being distilled to only exclusively. No, what, well, what they're saying though is there is there's hands on playable, and I, I'm wondering if this means more people, like smaller outlets, will get appointments that couldn't, because you know, like people's time's limited at E3, so it's kind of like if you're an outlet of, of and you're too small. Sorry, uh, we got IGN coming in here. We got GameSpot. They took up all our slots. Like, I'm sorry, we got Steven Seagal and uh, George Lopez coming in. <laughs> Two people who have legitimately bumped my appointments. But like now, the, the, what they're saying is it's going to be like you can stream this demo, and I'll have a. It's kind of like it's a, what we're doing now. It's like you'll have a guy on Zoom in your ear helping walk you through the demo as you're playing that. That's crazy. They haven't talked about the tech driving the streaming. Like it's probably some Stadia like thing, but like. That could actually work, you know. I'm ter I'm terrified. We were having a conversation off mic on thirty twenty ten about does this make in person experiences more or less expensive when all the the pandemic is over? I'm really worried about that because hmm. E3 was semi free for most people. Well, for for people who were in the industry, and, yeah, you know, were also press. Yeah, but but so exhibitors or uh, retailers had to pay for tickets. Retailers had to pay. Exhibitors had to pay for badges. Uh, press mm. got in free. Yeah, yeah it was press basically free. a press event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Publishers, if you if you're working for a publisher, your publisher is paying for your yeah. pass. Which I I remember, like back in the day, I, I think one of our, one of our bosses wrote a thing about like things I hate about having to go to E3 every year, and someone was like, these quote unquote journalists should feel <laughs> privileged that they get to go to E3 is supposed to be for publishers and retail buyers only and they're guests here they get to attend for free like oh, okay no that's a fair point yeah, actually but I don't know about that yeah. uh, um, it's like we're still doing a job we're not there for fun god damn it it's really yeah. stressful as a journalist actually mm -hmm. yeah extremely. it sucks and then you're always bumped out of the way by the guy from Kmart who's wearing a suit that mm -hmm. couldn't come from further than a Kmart. <laughs> Full disclosure, I never actually attended E3 as a journalist. I was actually working for the ESA on their E3 oh, wow. Insider E3 show oh, daily. Wow. So, yeah, I was always there as, as staff for E3. But, uh, yeah, I would see, cause I, so I had a fairly cushy job there. Uh, but I would see my journalist friends out on the floor and yeah, they looked just haggard. 
Sure. There's there's a video stream I think where you can watch live where like I lose my voice, uh, I, I just can't talk anymore because I I it was the year we we pivoted to video. I'm like yeah man I can go to all these I can cover eight appointments a day and then like I lost it like I snapped and lost my voice and like couldn't just the energy ran out I couldn't do it anymore and this is one this is one of the lighter years too so mm-hmm. it. It was it was exhausting, and um, I was much younger than I am right now. Well, the good news is, like, this to me feels very temporary. Like, this feels like they're like, hey, this is our 2021 solution. We are not counting out 2022 for an in-person event or oh, anything like mm-hmm. that. Like, Assuming things are back to normal a year from now, yeah, yes, we'll probably see a physical E3. I have an absolutely easy way to fix E3. You ready? Sure. Move everything that's happening outside inside. All the things they don't allow, like cool food and water slides... Those go inside, <laughs> and every dope thing that occurs, that digital devolver does yes, across the that's street. What I was thinking, yeah. Like, move that inside, make it a big party. What I would miss is I don't know if you guys played it, but did, like last year, Devolver basically did that game, which was like, here's yeah. our virtual E3, which is hilarious because they're never yeah. inside the show. That thing was badass, dude. It had like, like yeah. I got to see Fall Guys before Fall Guys was a thing. You know, it was yeah before it was an Epic Games thing. I hope they do that again. Anyway. All right. Well, that is all the news. It's fit to play. All right. Well, let's move on to our community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, what's your favorite 3DS memory? Leif, you weren't here last week. Do you have a favorite 3DS memory? Oh, God. Uh, You can come back to you if you want. Actually, I'm going to say, okay, so I didn't have a 3DS, and one time this outlet, maybe it was I think it was GameSpot, uh, asked me to, uh, you know, review something on the 3DS. And I think it was like going to be my first big assignment for them. I didn't actually have one. And I was like, yes, I do have a 3DS. (laughs) So I went out to Best Buy and bought one really quickly. Oh, God. A $250. And it paid back because, yeah, I worked for them for years. (laughs) But I think, yeah, that's how, you know, you know, people say, oh, it's okay to say no. No, it's not really. uh, so yeah, so that's yeah. So I got myself a 3ds right after that, and had a had a pretty. It was a gateway to a, a part of my career, and uh, nice. Yeah, so there's my happy 3ds memory. There you go. My my favorite 3ds memory because Michael didn't let me go last week was um, hosting the 3ds show that obviously everybody loved. and There were no complaints about. Um, I'm <laughs> Saying that, having not looked at any comments and damning myself. Like, <laughs> Nobody said a damn thing, dude. <laughs> Actually, that's the worst thing that can happen about it. <laughs> oh, is that is that what happened? Because that's usually apathy. like apathy. Yeah, that's, that tends to be the response to all of our podcasts. Yeah. Like uh, someone posts, so hey, new a podcast is up. Zero comments, no reach. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What all we're right. saying is 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 notice us, senpai. Um Laser time rules, though, on VigiGameApocalypse.com says, One of my favorite 3DS memories is being what GameFAQs labeled as a scambassador. Basically getting the price cut and ambassador title uh, games legally and not the bait and switch offer supposedly did. Because Walmart decided to cut the price before it was supposed to. Gaming-wise, completing Find Me, Find Me 2, and the Haunted House games without using coins to buy players. Good on you. Those games are great. Yeah. Goddamn. Uh, Chris K says, My favorite 3DS memory was when I was handed one by a mother who had been pushed too far. I was walking into Target and this woman opened her car 
and I heard a kid screaming. This woman flagged me down and I stopped. She walked up to me and handed me a rose gold 3DS with a Mario Kart for the regular what? DS in it. She said, my daughter doesn't deserve this. You can have it. Before I could decline, she got back into her car and drove off. I waited in the parking lot for a half hour, figuring she was making a point. They never came back. So I went about my shopping, bought a charger, and went home. Bought a charger is the best part. This is fucked up. That is so fucked that up. That little girl oh. is going to be telling her therapist about that in a couple of years. Yeah, I like, guarantee you're, you. You're going to be the fifth build person in a story that eventually buys a therapist a boat. Like, uh, like <laughs> That is bad parenting. You can yeah. take the thing away. Don't give it to someone else. Like, what the that, fuck? That is, oh, yeah, sorry. That... that, that this is not an interesting story, but like, um, I remember being at GameStop and I had, we, we had, we dutifully shit on the, the original 3DS, didn't we? With like the bad lid. I believe so, yes. Who, who the fuck wants that? And, um, my sister said she wanted, whatever. I was at a GameStop and this, this mother was there like holding a kid in her arms, like, oh, that's just too expensive. I want a 3DS. I'm like, dude, I'm not using one. Do you want mine? And the, the person was like, technically you're not allowed to like, ha- undercut us at our own store you can't do this and like and then like they're like i also don't care please continue. <laughs> i was gonna say did you and say shut up nerd and shove me I, the I didn't and- i just like like i couldn't believe how much they were going to try and charge her for this thing i found useless like i'll give you mine for fifty dollars and and she's like really like yes like do not pay them two hundred dollars for a launch era 3ds don't do that and she made me meet her in the parking lot of a busy elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, and it's like, wow, I wish I could back out of this. I got there early. Well, it's awkward. You're not allowed within a hundred feet of those things. Are you? I know. <laughs> exactly. I'm running the risk the whole time. Um, of all these little, like what, who I call meatyites. Oh, they're so meaty. Mm. Uh, but well, that's <laughs> no, how she knows I you're never... not a creep. If you can legally meet her in the parking lot right. of a great yeah. yeah. When I sold yeah, my PS5, the, the lady was like, meet me in the police station. I'm like, cool. Makes sense. Meeting her in the, in, in an elementary school parking lot when like everyone's getting out was horrible for me. Dodging kids left and right. It was awful. But like that, that that's the last time I've been to an elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> to to not eat uh, to not eat pandemic dinner um, alone with my girlfriend. Love that. Uh, but you guys haven't like picked up something and, like eaten in a field somewhere. We live next to. That's a, how I, I bought my PS two off. Uh, like I met someone in a parking lot. Like yeah, give me the cash. And it was like it was like a mom who I wonder yeah. if they were selling like their kids. It, it, it was unopened, so I wonder if it was like an extra Christmas gift type deal. That's, or something. A, that's a, I, like being back in Florida, and I was. You guys made fun of me, I think, the other week for saying that about my friend. Like, these are all conservative people who can't fathom niceness or, like, <laughs> I have a surplus. I'll give this to you. I don't care. What do you want from me? <laughs> do you want my social security number or my pussy? No. No, I just wanted to make sure your kid got a 3DS for fuck's sake. God, why can't you fathom this? Why can't you empathize with me wanting to get rid of something and help your kid out? I don't know. Fuck's why, sake. Why can't you read Rebecca Swift from official Laser Time community on Facebook? Okay, good transition. Is that for me? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Rebecca Swift uh, says, question of the week, my favorite 3DS memory is easily the day I went to buy mine along with a copy of Pokemon X in 2014. I had recently moved to into a new flat, clearly in America, and uh, had gotten my bond back, <laughs> also bond. in America, from my previous place. <laughs> 
and and rather than pay the bond money in Baltimore, this is clearly where this is coming from. Right. To my new place, right. I, new I spent it. I spent it on a new 3ds and a bunch of food. And I lied to my and told my landlord I didn't get the bond back because uh, back so they could let me pay it off over multiple weeks. Totally worth it. Um, I'm currently. I have nowhere else to tell the story, and I know you guys hate when I deviate. But you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Don't hate. I, I, I wasn't able to get a Game Boy Advance. Did I not tell you the story? No. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. I was I, like, I, I was a poor person. I was living with my parents <laughs> and uh, saving my lunch money to get the original Game Boy. But by the time the Game Boy Advance came out, like I was, I was like, this is never ever going to happen. And um, then I moved out, and a guy who turned out to be a junkie. Uh, and then was eventually stabbed in the neck. He was stealing my DVDs for like three three weeks straight and selling them. Back when DVDs were worth the money, yeah, you could say, gas yeah. up your car with three DVDs. Chris, sold. was he stabbed in the neck by you? <laughs> no, no, he was, it, it was by a, a a tiny little Hispanic guy at a gay club. I was there. It was fucking horrifying to watch. Oh, no. Yes, it was awful. <laughs> And then, and then, like, he kept calling me. I'm like, I'm not fucking answering this dude's call. He stole all my shit. And then his mother called me from a different line and was like, um, he is devout. Uh, he is all with Jesus now and wants you to know that he is very sorry. And he left you $300. And I went and bought my first Game Boy Advance SP. I got the SP. So I've never had the non-lighted Game Boy. And it was from this person. And now this person just messaged me again Uh since the Game Boy SP, like, this week. And I'm like, fuck you. I don't want to hear anything about your youth pastor horseshit or how sorry you are. You got me a Game Boy SP. You don't need to apologize to me ever again. Granted, I did not have that standard definition copy of Wet Hot American Summer. But uh, (laughs) it's a great movie. But uh, you got me a Game Boy SP. And that never would have happened otherwise. Sorry, I, I think story. one of the best handhelds ever made, honestly. It, SP? The SP was a yeah. fucking fantastic. That's the one I got. I, it's I, like smaller Chris, than I my wallet. Mm-hmm. I skipped over the base advance because it was garbage. You know, without, I had without the NES that one, too. It was like, it was like how, how early on was that for like nostalgia? The NES SP, if you have not seen it. Oh, it looks God, like yeah, that thing was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. that's what I had. And I could carry it around. Like, my wallet was, was bigger than my fucking Game Boy. It was uh, crazy. Yep. So I am going to jump into Leonardo Chavez, who says, I remember using the often overlooked Nintendo video app. Videos would automatically download to the system, and I would spend time watching content from College Humor, Frederator Studios, Ardman Animation, music videos, and even movie trailers, all in 3D. They even had an original Kit Icarus anime on his channel. It was interesting to check in and see what would download. That is a forgotten know part of the 3DS. I forgot the video app. Totally. And it was 3D, yeah, like you said. Hmm. Yeah, there's like the early version of Adam Ruins Everything, uh, like oh, somewhere oh, yeah. dead on a 3DS. Just Adam's like, you know, this isn't actually 3D. <laughs> Sorry, that's, the that's 3DS is actually terrible for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> that's Probably good, is. Uh, You're welcome. Sam Hanscom <laughs> says, my favorite 3DS memory is actually the price cut. As a teenager getting ready to graduate, $250 seemed an absolutely impossible price point for me to hit, but that didn't stop me from saving every penny I earned to get there. Right about the time I had 230 or so saved up, Nintendo announced the price cut, and suddenly I could not only afford the system, 
but also Ocarina 3D. The first time I saw Hyrule Field stretch long into the distance, I'm pretty sure I audibly gasped. Then two hours later, I turned the 3D slider all the way down, and my astigmatic eyes were forever grateful. See, I have that problem too, and that was, I just kept that thing turned (laughs) off. Yeah. yeah, battery life, it's, man. It's you gotta not, save it's not, but I, I started playing the, that, did I say this in the last show? I'm sorry, I get too drunk on the shows. I started playing the 3D Ocarina recently. Mm. It looks amazing in, in not, in non 3D compared to the original. Mm. Um, that should come to the Switch with every other 3D remake, including Star Fox. It should come in one awesome package. God damn. Yeah. Uh, the Star Fox and, uh, two Zeldas that came remastered look so fucking good. Yeah. And I have to imagine it can look much better on another system. Mm. Mm. I'd like to see them come to the Switch. Mm. And playable yes. on a TV. Uh, but from the Twitter, Simon Belfunkel, uh, aka at Baldman Ape says, My favorite 3DS memory was listening to you guys make fun of it at launch on TDAR. Especially when either Chris or Brett belted out Steel Diver to the tune of Dio's Holy Diver. Steel Diver! You've been going down with a winged spider! I don't know, I'm just making up Holy Diver lyrics. (laughs) Ride the tiger! Uh, R.I.P. Ronnie James Dio. Um, mm-hmm. the th- a thought that up to that point I had every time I heard that title, I didn't even bother buying one until years later for my son for Christmas when they offered the 2DS with Mario pre-installed. Nice. Great Mario games. Great Mario games. <laughs> uh, Conniption Fit said, 3DS solidified me as a portable-centric gamer. My wife and I would get multiplayer games like Fantasy Life on the couch for hours while watching Bob's Burgers or some such for background laughs and good times. Uh, speaking of my wife, she's aching for a new style savvy uh, on on the Switch. Yeah, I, I, did I was say that, that right? Was that one of those Ubisoft series that was I'll like? Say, I'm not sure. Yeah, that Ubisoft had a lot of 3DS man. games there for a while. It was like my pets or my, you know, Tomodachi life, mate, forever. <laughs> Watch me sing. Watch me. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be like. I imagine this dude has an accent. I don't understand. I, I don't remember mm. the Ali G episode where Tomodachi life, mate, Buyakasha. Buya, a new style savvy on a switch. <laughs> Magwan. Straight out of stains, bro. Developed by Sin Sophie and published by Nintendo. How about that? Um, right. We have some video responses. Oh, First is from Trey, who says. Hey, Video Game Apocalypse. Uh, this is Trey from the Laser Time hey, Community Trey. Facebook page. Genova Life One on the old forums. Uh, my favorite 3DS memory, I would have to say, it was in 2011 near the launch. Uh, I was doing an internship. I was doing the college Disney College program in Orlando, Florida. Uh, and on Fourth of July weekend, uh, me and a friend who were in the program um, we're wandering around Magic Kingdom because we wanted to see the 4th of July fireworks show. So, <laughs> this gets me every time. We were walking through Magic Kingdom. We were in the big open area in front of the castle. I was I had my 3DS out because I was constantly refreshing to get more street passes. So I was like, oh man, I'm racking up a ton of street passes. There's like 800 like uh, Brazilian soccer groups here. I am on a roll. I got like 900 street <laughs> passes that day. But my friend uh, had engaged with me in a conversation because she was uh, just like genuinely curious about the whole like uh, <laughs> Disney's frozen head thing. 
So, like, as in the point of the conversation where I was just kind of, like, telling her, like, oh, this is the theory, the music dies down, and everyone's just kind of, like, waiting uh, for the fireworks to actually start. It's, like, like, 30 seconds before they actually start. And as I'm talking about the, like, frozen head bit, everyone just kind of turns to look at me. And I'm just over here with my 3DS constantly refreshing. I'm just, like, burying my head further down because like every I could see the glaring eyes of all the parents just like looking at me like don't you ruin this for me <laughs> so that's my favorite 3ds memory of being incredibly embarrassed <laughs> in the middle of magic kingdom while getting 900 street passes enjoy I am a diehard Disney Disney file including Disney history and there's been several points when I'm in a Disney park where like look he has all the earmarks, but he's not quite a Nazi. And everyone's <laughs> looking at me and then, <laughs> like, oh, thank God, the fireworks broke that awkward silence. <laughs> when, he, when he said Disney's frozen head, honestly, the first thing I thought of was, like, Disney's frozen and there's a head in it. Like, the movie Frozen. And <laughs> no. It, no. It, how he, he fucking, uh, uh. No, I, I know. I know about Disney's cryogenically frozen oh, I forgot, head. I forgot the baseball player's I've name. I've been an integral himself. part of covering that up for the last 50 years. I'm actually much True. older than you realize. You're mixing <laughs> Futurama lore with Disney lore. It's not just his head. It's supposed to be his entire body. Uh, it's supposed yeah. to be frozen underneath Pirates I've, of the Caribbean. I've heard both. No. Yeah, so you can... Both so are like, false. Because Walt Disney's uh, dying wish in his will is like, I would like to be brought back in my 70-year-old body riddled with cancer. Please <laughs> make sure that happens in 2020. Make sure there are more Nazis around than ever. I'll be the happy. I want to say he was cremated and his remains are near Larry from the Three Stooges in the Hollywood Cemetery. Oh, okay. oh, hey, Walt. It's nice for you to be here. Sure they weren't <laughs> spread around the haunted mansion like every other park guest? Oh, God. Walt, you promise you're not going to poke my eyes? <laughs> not, not literally, you say. Okay. okay. You know, Larry sounded a lot like John Lovitz. Now that you, now that you do that. No, he sounds like Stimpy from Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's that too. That's yeah. why Billy West does a pretty good impression of him. Um, Mike Amari and his new camera say, Hey, VGA crew, Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was, what's your favorite 3DS memory? Now, it's interesting because I don't have any specific memories for myself, really, for the 3DS. Um, I didn't play a whole bunch of it. Uh, we still have a 3DS original, and we also have, like, a 2DS, like, knock-around house. That's mostly because of my kids. So my biggest memory, though, my fondest memory of the 3DS is when my oldest son got way into Pokemon Sun. Um, he must have been something like seven or so uh, when he first started playing, maybe a little younger. And it was one of the first times he had ever really gone full-fledged crazy into something like that. Like, he became obsessed with every aspect of Pokemon at that point once he started playing Pokemon Sun. And he just fell into the world of the game. And it became his entryway into role-playing games in general. And it was one of the first times we were able to kind of bond over a shared experience there um, because he would constantly come to me and ask me, Hey, Daddy, can you look up online how to evolve this one into this one? Hey, Daddy, can you look up how I can, you know, use this item to, like, teach this uh, skill to this Pokemon? Like, he wanted to know everything about how to do everything 
in that game. And so because he didn't have his own phone, didn't have a computer that he could use, it came down to me looking it up for him. And so I learned a ton about Pokemon because of him. Listen, Pokemon, I was already a little too old by the time it became a thing. I was in high school just about getting ready for college when Pokemon became a thing. So it was always kind of like that kiddie thing that I was never really into. And I gained a newfound appreciation for Pokemon because of Pokemon Sun on 3DS. Uh, and it was just a wonderful experience that just was key in the bonding of me and my oldest son. So I will always have very fond memories of him playing Pokemon Sun on the 3DS. Thank you for being with me this week, guys. I look forward to being with you again next week. So happy to hear that Pokemon Sun helped your son discover Pokemon. And now you can bond with your Pokemon Sun over I, Pokemon well, I, Sun. I know it. Mike Amari is saying it's one of those things that makes me feel like a really dumb kid where like, uh, Oh, the warp pipe is in level two, w- level one, two. Whereas like Pokemon people are like, this guy's allergic to this and this and this. Their, sh- their, their, their conversation was so much more advanced. Oh, than- <laughs> They're not allergic to shit. <laughs> I was trying to streamline it. Don't- I played more Pokemon than you, Matt. Don't fucking get on, don't get on me about that. I love that. No, that is, that is what's happening from now on. Pokemon aren't weak to certain things. They are allergic. They're allergic. To them. <laughs> They're allergic. <laughs> Grass types are allergic to lightning. It's happening. <laughs> um, finally, uh, unless you guys want to talk more about Pokemon, uh, we have Life, we have one your time to shine. Yeah, we have one from E Hyundai. Uh, it says, "Please play this on the show." I spent two hundred dollars on Cameo for this. Don't do that, please. But uh, just this once. Hi, my name's Ryden. You may remember me from such VR missions as Sneaking Mission Thirteen. Or combat mission number 49. They're indistinguishable from the real thing. Anyway, I want to answer the question of the week for Hyundai. His favorite 3DS memory was listening to you guys bitch about it on Talk Radar. Anyway, love the podcast. And uh, don't you remember if, hey, I'm fucking riding over here. Is that real? Somehow I really spent two hundred dollars on yeah. that. I don't know. I don't know. If if not, it's a pretty great joke. Okay. <laughs> right, no, me. I like that. I like I like when like the New York accent crept into riding for a bit. That was that was good. Uh, thank you for yeah, that. that light, was light plug for thirty twenty ten with uh, Steven Seagal faking the New York accent. Also, the place where he fakes that he's from. He's from Michigan, not Brooklyn, but he lies about it all the time. <laughs> and now he's Russian. He's a yeah, he's an enigma wrapped he's in a, a mystery. Big, big liar. He's a wonderful person to follow. Wrapped in a tortilla dipped in butter. Yeah, wrapped in a tortilla dipped in. <laughs> no, it's yeah. it's boiled in his energy drink that that tiger yeah. energy drink that mm-hmm. yeah, dipped in Chick Fil A sauce. Like that guy <laughs> is fucking crazy. <laughs> New question of the week. In light of the Borderlands news, when video games are adapted into movies, do you prefer it when they slavishly follow the plot of the original? Or do you prefer it when they put an original spin on it? And I, I think for, for my, for, for me, like, uh, I used to be, no, follow the plot of the movie, or, or sorry, follow the plot of the game, or else why are you even spending money on this license? Like, it's, so many video game movies just like do not respect the the lore or the characters or any of that stuff and just will churn out any old garbage. And then there are some that are just like, no, we're doing like a 
a chapter in this character's adventures which aren't in the series. Like uh, the Tomb Raider movies were kind of like that. It's like this isn't a new canon. It's just original stories based around Lara Croft, which Mm -hmm. fine. Okay. Mm. Um, I kind of I kind of uh, like to thread the needle here and, and just say, like, I like it when they do something original that does not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like, you know, show some respect for the original license, but, uh, you know, make a new story. Don't just adapt a game that we've seen. But, like uh, Tomb Raider, you mentioned, like, yeah. Lara Croft isn't made to be from Brooklyn or something. In the, like, right. They don't yeah. change the Lara yeah. Croft character. It's, it's, it's not like the Far Cry Uwe Boll movie where it's like, we're making Jack Carver German because Uwe Boll wants to cast Till Schweiger as Jack Carver. <laughs> um, and right. we're setting it yeah. in the uh, Pacific Northwest Pine Forest because Vancouver's cheaper to film in than Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said... I prefer things that kind of stick with the original source material, but then like two, like some of the recent good examples don't do that, which would be like Detective Pikachu mm-hmm. is is excellent as a movie adaptation, but it's not like the plot of any of the Pokemon games. No. And it's know? it's it's a better story than the Detective Pikachu 3DS right. game. Right. It's right. it's not technically a great Pokemon movie because it like doesn't move Pokemon forward. But it is one of the best video game adaptations I've ever seen in my entire life. But it's also very respectful of, like, the Pokemon it's lore in terms of its, it, like... It, it treats Pokemon like something that's always existed and, yeah. like, whereas every movie about a video game, like, they have to discover the source of everything. Whereas, like, it was nice to see Detective Pikachu, like, we're stepping into a world where Pokemon exist. Right. Relax. So I, I think Relax. for me it really de- it depends on the game series. So, like, if you took Uncharted... I need to see Nathan Drake acting the way Nathan Drake behaves, interacting with the characters I expect him to, you know, Sully better fucking be there if I'm going to watch an Uncharted movie. But there are other things I'm like, no, go ahead and write an original story. Like Sonic, I don't care about the story of any Sonic game. So yeah, just if you want to drop Sonic onto (laughs) Earth and have him interface with whatever fucking Cyclops, go ahead, you know, like, but so it it depends. But, you know, for me, it's it's like, I guess it would depend on the series, but I kind of like... When the original ideas are good, fine. Go off and do something like that. The best video game adaptation possibly ever made that I've seen is Max Payne. And not because the movie is is very good, but because it tries to build up to what Max Payne is in the movie. And if they had a sequel, he would be full Max Payne. Uh, but part of there, it's, it's hampered by a PG 13 rating for a game that is just a, sh- a headshot gallery. <laughs> and that, that movie's weird. It's like, it spends so much time being a police procedural. It's like, remember, yes. this is a shoot 'em up video game you're adapting here. Yeah. Yes. But like, but those are the things that pissed Max Payne off yeah. to the point of him getting to where he was. You get a minor moment, I feel, in, in the, the movie, which is terrible, but there apparently were other movies planned. To where he would be full Max Payne. And, mm. uh, it's the, it's one of the least embarrassing game meditations ever. And it still is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my whole <laughs> life. It makes me wonder why they, like, they, they should have nailed the Hitman series by now. Cause it's oh, just totally. James Bond. Just do James Bond. It you totally know, it's weird know to me. Yeah. Just be silly. Write whatever comic stuff you want. You can throw away as many bodies as you, as you'd like. There shouldn't be any any reason for a bad Hitman movie, and we've had two. Yeah. 
I, I, have, I have forgotten they'd been made, honestly, even yeah. though I saw one of that them. That seems like it would be perfect for a movie. It was like you wouldn't even... Yeah. I mean, people wouldn't even have to know it was based on a game. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant. I can't think of... Like, I love that guy. That is terrible casting. I'm sorry. He's one of the best people in the universe, in my opinion. I love Timothy mm-hmm. Oliphant in that... It was a waste. Like, yeah. you hired a guy who's fun to watch talk to never talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Good point. What about the new Monster Hunter? Where are you guys at with that? Your Monster Hunter I, interest I, is I'm, renewed. I'm curious about the new Mortal Kombat. Honestly, I keep seeing promos for it. And it's like, other than, like, you seem to have replaced Johnny Cage with, like, some new original character. And you're saying, oh, we're saving Johnny Cage for the sequel. Like, why? I love my when my girlfriend's like... Um, hey, I have a serious question. And I'm like, I'm having my morning coffee. Don't ask me that. And then she's like, are we going to watch the new Mortal Kombat movie? I'm like, this is the most pleasant question I've ever been asked. That's a serious <laughs> of question. Of course we are. Of course we are. Yeah, yeah she course. does this all the time to me. She's the worst. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that. but I'm, I, I thought it was interesting because um, Capcom's name isn't mentioned on Monster Hunter. Just the, the producer of the... The, he's mentioned in the credits. I wonder if but they. Capcom's uh, name is I not on the Capcom back of the. Capcom has to be taken off. They're just like, no. <laughs> if you if you buy Based Legend on the game of Chun Li by Alan Smithy, <laughs> they're on the front and the back, and like, and you can see a bunch of prominent Capcom people in the producer areas, and that's not the case of the new Monster Hunter. I was worried. Uh, I wanted to see what was up, uh, and I don't know how you make that into a good movie either. But I, I am. I really want to hear from one person in the community who tells me it's worth watching, worth trying to watch, because the director who makes them, in my opinion, is the worst director of my lifetime. Hmm. Paul W.S. Anderson has made the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, Michael uh, just talked about Uwe Boll. Come on. Yeah, can't. U- Uwe yeah but he had money. This guy has money and a team. Hmm. And still yeah. fucks things up like basic continuity, like mics fall into shots and people <laughs> leave from the wrong direction. Uh, Uwe Boll is, is making movies for nothing in Germany. This guy has like, I don't know, he has, he's married to the greatest actress in the world, Mila Jovovich. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean. You, you can't exactly say he's failed upwards though. He's just kind of failed from thing to thing. Like he yes. stumbles from geek franchise to he, geek he's franchise. He's their guy. And they're yeah. not going to abandon him. Yeah. Like, everything I've seen of that movie is just these bland shots of soldiers in a Humvee, and then occasionally Mila Jovovich posing with blades in front of a monster from the game. Hoorah! Demon mode! Yeah, Yeah, they kind of do, like, the Transformers thing with the Mm -hmm. the Humvee stuff, and you're like, all right, didn't really love those movies, so... (laughs) Nope. Yeah. Nope. Um, But, Leif, do you have an opinion here? You you like original plots, or you like... uh, more stricter adaptations oh there, there's some you know it's like like the warcraft movie i i actually mm. thought that worked pretty well as a video game movie and that stuck pretty close to the, the the source material but at the same time it could have been better and it was like is that an argument against it i think the best real movies that have been really successful as like this is a really good movie have actually deviated from the formula they've gone away from the plot uh so that would be like detective pikachu mm. it would be like sonic and stuff like that but mm. you know i there those though i think it's like we were saying still respected the franchise like the monster hunter mm. one it really didn't that's like something completely different than what it actually is and have you so, seen the monster hunter one no, I haven't. I'm, I'm basing no, but, it on whatever. But it's, it's still like they, they aren't comfortable enough imagining a village dealing with monsters. They want to imagine 
the U.S. military dealing with. Yeah, the, see, the I've read about it, and that's what I thought. I was like, yeah, this is what the yeah. So and that's that's not what this is. There's no way I would run out in the wild with two swords to take care of a monster if I had a Humvee with a mounted right, gun. Right. Like this isn't the same story. I feel bad enough about slaughtering monsters as is. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why drop a nuke on them and then like, yeah, hoorah, carve it up, boys. <laughs> yeah, I don't need a fifty cal for my fucking Rathalos. All right, I, I got I I a heavy bow gun. I want a fifty cal for dealing with Kezu. I don't want to get close to that fucker. It's disgusting. <laughs> He's just so disgusting. Was super disgusting. And the stuff you make from him is so gross. It looks gross. Yes. So one thing I'm going to say positively for the Borderlands movie is that. You know, it reminds me, yeah, it reminds us less of Borderlands 1, 2, and 3, but it does seem like it's a similar situation to Tales from the Borderlands, which was fantastic, mm. and almost like a little movie in its own, and that was not following directly, it was it was kind of parallel, you know, and so I think if they keep that spirit of it, but in something entirely different, I, I think it could work, yeah. Yeah, that's a different, that's a, almost a different case where, like, it still had Handsome Jack, and it was still like, okay, the events of Borderlands 1, 2, and 3 happened, and then Tails was in between. Like, I I wish more movies would do stuff like that. Like, yeah, play yes. around in our universe and just do it in between these big events, you know? Yeah. Yes. Like, if someone was to tell me the Resident Evil movies were like, no, the shit's still going on with Claire and Jill and I Chris. Mean, I, I think you could have said that after the first one, but then every yeah. other one was just about inserting uh, yeah, they brought Alice them in. into yes. existing narratives as like yeah. this ultra super powered character who's like, I, I don't like the term Mary Sue very much, but it's like, how else do you describe that character? It's, it's yeah. self insertion. Look at me. I'm the best at everything. Everyone loves me and thinks about me at all times. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> How do you feel about your video game adaptations? Do you like to see rigid adaptations or do you like when they tell original stories or would you rather just see some director's uh, vision of what the game could be if they were given control of it? Let us know. Go to VidgeGamePocalypse.com. Answer into the comments for episode 414. Alternately, you can visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will collect the best answers and read them on next week's show. Anyway, that has been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Uh, Leif, is there anything you'd like to direct people's attention to? Uh, don't do much writing any, um, these days, but I do have a very boring Twitter feed now because my work doesn't allow me to say much. Uh, but yeah, you can get me on Twitter at Leif Johnson. That's L-E-I-F Johnson. You're a wonderful photographer. I love yeah. looking at your pictures. Thank you. Yes. And you can find mm. me on Instagram. I would love it if more people looked at my Instagram at, uh, Isleif. That's I-S-L-E-I-F. And, uh, yes, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I also enjoyed seeing the bases you built in Valheim. That was, uh, aspirational. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm very proud of those. Yeah. I, I, I sunk like 150 hours in that game. Uh, same. <laughs> Are you still streaming or nah? Oh, yes. Uh, on Sunday evenings, uh, me and Elena Yee, a friend of the show and two friends. Uh, yeah, we have a stream where we just play stuff. Lately, we've been playing Red Dead Online, but I think we're going to head to Borderlands 2, like next, uh, Ooh. next week or the week after that. And, uh, trying to convince her to play Monster Hunter World, but we will see if that happens. But yes, you can join us Sunday evenings, uh, usually around, uh, nine o'clock. Yes. What's the, the Twitch handle? Oh, 16 bit relic is her Twitch. 16 bit yeah. relic. All right. Okay. Chris, yeah. what do you got? 
Dirty 2010, Laser Time, patreon.com slash laser time. I would like to go to bed. I love you guys. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I don't normally do this, but you guys probably heard we have a new sponsor uh, on the show this week. And I just want to stress, it's very important. We would love it if you could actually take us up on that offer. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code laser time. If you don't care about your goddamn bush and don't manscape your shit... <laughs> We're not going to get along. Like, yeah, that's, this is, that's, a better that's world. True. It's a that's better true. world when you trim that shit down. Hey, hey, remember this. Pull back the bramble makes it look like you own more property. <laughs> look, I've seen the beards in the Lazy Dime community, gentlemen. And if you're rocking yeah. stuff down below that matches up Imagine top, if, if, you if got Ken Jong had it in the first Hangover movie. Yeah. So, and, you know, go go to <laughs> we go talk to Manscaped. Use our code that honestly does help the network a lot. So please uh, check it out. And then as they would like to say, your balls will thank you. As always, you can visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com or follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. And you can follow me personally at Wikiparas, that's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. And maybe I won't post anything, but you'll make me feel better about myself. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Because right now I feel underclass. I feel like I could plus. Sorry, I'm sorry. Wrong keyboard. Sorry. Go ahead.